Hey everybody, Ian here to tell you all about the fine shows you could be listening to from the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Let's start it off with the original Stuff and Things, the podcast about everything and nothing at all, starring myself and my good buddy Chewy, where we talk about our friendship, our past, our future, our history, ghosts, clowns, sharks, dolphins, and Stan Lee. That comes out every single Friday. You can also check out Four Color Commentary, where myself, Chewy, Ryan, and Alan talk about comic books. That's right, kids, comic books. Old, new, comic book movies and news, so many comics you can't even handle it all. That comes out every new comic book day, which is Wednesdays for those of you in the know. If you're an old or new comic books fan, this is the podcast for you. And every Saturday, Ryan and I team up for an action-packed blockbuster with Super Action Bros, where we watch movies with explosions and car chases. Strap in, everybody, and get your popcorn ready, because Super Action Bros is coming your way. And finally, the dark and spooky side of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. That's right, boys and girls. Get ready for some scares. It's Eyes in the Dark with Chewy, Evan, and James as they watch classic horror movies and some of those that were made just as a quick cash grab. Well, everybody, that's all the shows of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Odds are you're listening to one right now or I wouldn't even be here. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to subscribe to us and sit back, relax, and enjoy another fine Stuff and Things Network podcast. True believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. You guys, like, what if, what if I was Alan, dude? I've been thinking about this lately, and like, what if, I just what if I was really chewy, man? You guys, you know what I was thinking? Like, what if in like under my fingernail there was a whole nother Ian there? Guys, 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 what if I was chewy? <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I'm <All> Ryan. Right. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to Four Color Commentary. Uh, this is a show about comic books and fun, and we are four friends, and we are here to entertain you and tell you all Alan, about. He called you his friend. Well, no, I'm included in the group known no, as. No, we friends. are four friends. I didn't say we're friends with each other. We're friends of other people. Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. I'm included in the subgroup of friends, but not included in the group friends. I don't have <laughs> friends. I have family. <sighs> All right, no, my name's Red Diesel. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Super Action Bros. Uh, every weekend. So, uh, you guys, welcome to the show. Uh, if you are a brand new uh, four color cadet to the show, welcome. We salute you and thank you for choosing our podcast. If you're a returning four color cadet, 
We also salute you, and you may now sit deck down in your automobile and resume your drive to wherever your final sit destination deck may be. Down. Sit deck down. Sit the duck sit deck down. Sit deck down. Um, okay. So uh, there uh, are four of us, and there are four segments of our show. Before we get into that, we want to let you guys know how you can reach out to us if you'd like to say, hey, I like your podcast, or here's a book you should read, or, you know, hey, you forgot to talk about such and such. Well, you can reach out to us, and the easiest way to do that is to navigate in your internet web browser to stuffandthingsnetwork.com, which is the podcast network we are a part of click on the four color commentary art and you'll be taken to a page where you can listen to the show right there on the website you can subscribe on itunes stitcher or google play you can also reach out to us on social media on uh we have twitter facebook instagram tumblr uh, so you can reach out to us on any of those platforms as well as you can uh, email us too. There's a big contact us button on the very front page of our site. Click on that, select our show and send us an email. We do like seeing those. So all of that at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So as I said, there are four of us and there are four segments of our show. And we like to treat each comic or each comic, each issue of our show as if it is a comic, the first comic, like good old Smile and Stan would say. Uh, and so we'd like to introduce you to who we are and what we do. Uh, so we like to go around the circle. And as always, alphabetically, we start with Alan. And every other week, I like to ask Alan the eternal question Alan, who are you and what gives you the right? Um, you mean besides being white and male and. You know, between the ages of, of 18 and 40. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, my name is Alan and uh, I like a lot of things, but my niche is web comics and manga. Um, I also draw things so you can look at those on the Twitters or the Instagrams at marginally talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y talented. Um, and that being said, I also pay close attention to like art, art style and panel layout, which is usually what drives me to a book. Sweet. Oh, okay. My name is Chewy, and if you want to talk to me about the comics, you can go ahead and uh, hit me up on Twitter at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. And um, basically, you will want to talk if you're into some books that are a little bit darker, a little bit heavier, either in theme and content. Some of the subject matter has more blood splattered on it, you know, like teeth flying over the place or just caught in some sort of personal psychological hellscape <laughs> my brain said personal vacuum of flesh <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> there you go personal vacuum of flesh like if, a swirling if, tornado if that, of yeah if that uh, a swirling tornado of blood and guts seems appealing to you should really write um, all these down for every other time <laughs> yeah then uh if you look at the book and you're like man that's metal that's me that's my type of book let's talk let's jaw about it Hey everybody, my name's Ian. Uh, I tend to be the representative on the show who brings books from the Big Two. For those of you who not, are not in the know or new to comics, the Big Two is uh, referring to DC and Marvel comics, usually the superhero ones. So I usually tend to bring those, but I bring anything that really has a good story or is representative of, of any medium of comics, whether it be independent or sometimes even licensed material. Uh, I'm willing to overlook some maybe some art that isn't so hot if the story is good. And um, yeah, I try to look for something I like in every book that I read. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm on Twitter, Ryan Roop, R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E. Also, you can reach out for me, Ian, at iRich. That's at I-R-I-T-C-H. Forgot to mention that. Continue, Ryan. Are you done now? Yes, I'm all done. All righty, then. I like comic books. I don't remember what we're talking about. We're talking about what you like and what you do. I like comics as art, comics as literature. Oh, that's the thing you say. Yay! Uh, I like superheroes, not as much as I like science fiction or kid-friendly stuff or um, sort of weird underground things. Those are the things that I usually go to. 
Sweet. Well, that is the four of us. And of course, there are four sections of our show. And I will introduce those to you as we go through them. Ooh, mystery. <laughs> so part one of our show, of course, is called Here's My Issue. And this part of the show, each of us bring an individual comic book. We all read them. And, and, and because we're friends, we say, okay, I'll read this for you. But you got to be my friend still. And then the other guy's like, all right, but you got to read my comic book. And then that'll be the deal. And then we cut our hands and, and have a blood oath. And we do this every other no, week. That's not true. And then we all read the comics. And and uh, we talk about what we liked about him. That's We're, not how you do it, Ryan. That's how I do it all the time. Yeah, I've been I doing that every cut week. my hand. Mine's more of like a social contract. Like it's just understood that we're going to read each other's comics. But oh, even well, no wonder really the like social it. bleeding. No yeah. wonder okay. the show hasn't been doing good. You guys have been haven't been on the blood oath. Wait, what did you guys do with that goat that I brought then? Uh, <laughs> I made I hey, made gyros I was, for everyone. I was <laughs> my told. birthday. I was told to just put the pentagram on the ceiling and everything would be fine. I did that. <laughs> I don't know what else I need to do. If there's anything oh, else, I so put it in my Twitter. Too. Anyway, so we all read those books. They're and all we, sandalwood. <laughs> <laughs> we all read those books and we uh, talk about things we liked about them, things maybe we didn't think were so hot. So it's kind of a, kind of a book club for comic book nerds. So uh, we start uh, alphabetically based on book title. And I believe, Ryan, you were the one who drew the short straw this time. I did. So tell us about the book that you brought. Sure, I brought a book uh, that is, it's a few years old, it's not that old, but I don't know, it seems like comic books kind of refresh themselves every, especially when it comes to like indie or underground books, like every three or four years, it's a whole new crop. Uh, So this is, in that sense, kind of an older book, it's from 2003, Uh, it's called Demo, it is written by Brian Wood with art by Becky Cloonan, really, really early Becky Cloonan art uh, in here, Um, and it's kind of... I don't know, punk rock X-Men, sort of. Uh, I was really curious to see what you guys would think of it. So I don't know if I would say punk rock X-Men. Yeah, I would, I would think X-Men, it's, but it's like really angsty runaways. If, All right. If the, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing, but a little different. You mean a comic called The Runaways? Yeah. yeah. Okay, because they literally are runaways. Yeah, they do it, runaways. Also, I want to clarify that. No, 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 that's yeah. fair. And maybe it, it means both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I was really surprised to, to see that it was drawn by Becky Cloonan. Mm-hmm. Um because it looks like art from like the first volume of Hopeless Savages. Yeah. Because yeah. especially that one dude, like with the spiky hair, I forget yeah. his name. It's very, very manga-y. Yeah. yeah oh, it, yeah. It for remind sure. me a lot of manga, you know, because you're thrown right into it. Also, just in the structure, not just the art and stuff. There were times where I wanted to read this backwards. <laughs> where I was like, wait, am I reading this right? Simply because I'm so used to, you know, just the black and white and stuff like that. Um yeah, overall, dude, like I, for me, it it was cool. It set it up, but I like I wanted more of it because mm-hmm. it didn't really pay off in this first issue for me. Yeah, that's fair. It looked, I mean, it looks. Speaking of art, it looks rough. Yeah, like it, it does. was it was roughed out. But yeah. that's not that doesn't mean it's bad art. It just means it's it's you have to be okay with the fact that it's not polished. Because mm-hmm. it's not, it, it looks like pencils and then rough inks. Okay, next panel. And then you just, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Get through it as much as you can. Um, so I'm wondering if, to Chewie's point, uh, if the structure was kind of halted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because maybe there isn't enough time to get it all into one issue. Hmm. Maybe there's a deadline or maybe there's a page uh, okay, limit. Okay, so like something there's like that. an actual reason why it kind of left me wanting. Right. But, I mean, they ended up where they were supposed to go for a first issue. So I think maybe the problems have to do with more the middle book, the middle of the book, than the beginning or the end. Where So apparently if she stops taking her medication, like she her gets... Her powers become become apparent or like just tetsuo yeah, powers yeah like just 
Let me break down, cry, and then things start exploding. The one in Akira. Tetsuo. Like that. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with what those powers are. Can you explain that power set? Just crazy psychic powers. Things break and smashing. And we should watch uh, Akira. You should watch Akira, or we could read. I'm going to give you two words, and you're going to want to watch Akira. Flesh metal. Okay. (laughs) That's not really what the powers are, but no, but that's part (laughs) of it. That's part of it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, um, it's a short book. It's a it's a 25 page story. So that's Mm -hmm. part of it. It's really short. The this series is kind of like different vignettes of like kids and weirdos and people who like have powers and feel different. And I think that's the thing that's always intrigued me about this is that it's the idea of like, like, don't you remember those times where you're like, Oh, I just feel like I'm, I'm some weirdo and and no, there's nobody else like me around. It's like, well, this person is actually a weirdo. Like they have psychic powers. Mm -hmm. I I never had to take medication for anything as a kid or a teenager, Mm -hmm. which would have been even worse because I was already a really mopey teenager. Uh, But I know uh, that, you know, Jen had some experience with that. So, from what she's explained to me and how she felt about that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, this I think has this really like strong connection to real life and this really uh, powerful underlying tone about what it feels like to not feel like you're in control of your emotions mm-hmm. and in control of your own body. Like adults are just controlling everything you do, including how you feel. Yeah. Um, and it it's difficult because while I was reading these two characters. And I understand what they want and why they want it. It's just, it's hard because I'm I'm thinking to them, I'm like, nobody's out to get you. They're trying to help because if you don't take your medicine, you get sick and you blow things up. Like, <laughs> it's just, like now that you've gone through it and you're an adult. Yeah, you're it's like, like, it oh, makes way on. more sense. Yeah. Uh, which is which is difficult. But I mean, that's kind of the point of these characters, I well, would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, 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 I understand. I, I also looked from this guy's experience too. Um, because I, well, again, I'm much like Alan. I've not had to deal with that, but I know that my girlfriend's on, on very, on various medications for different things and she's gone off different things, gone on different things. And I, I felt like what this guy ha- has gone through, which is like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure this is okay? Like I'm, I'm behind you on this, but I'm frightened because I don't want you to get hurt or get sick or die. So it's like, it's yeah. this feeling of, I need to trust you, but I'm also terrified yeah. at the same yeah. time. And like, it's weird because yeah, you're right. Like, they are trying to help you, but at the same time, it also is light. If you're just numb to everything, I mean, this in situation is different because she's got superpowers that yeah. can destroy a lot of people. But like with emotional issues and stuff like that, is is it worth just being numb to everything and not really being who you are, and using this medication to push push your real feelings down, or just letting those real real feelings out and learning to handle and deal with them? So. Yeah. It's kind of a double-edged sword because yes, in one vein it's good, but no, in the other way it's not. So, I, I, from that perspective, I really like that. I like that about the story. I felt like it was a good on both sides of the coin. People who have had maybe some issues with medication stuff, and people who have loved people who have had it, like medication and stuff that they need to to, to take every day, and the struggles and and things like that. I thought that was really well. It seems like it came from a personal place, like it was it from did, experience yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, by the way, I didn't read this thing at the end, which is Becky Cloonan's recommended listening or like the mixtape yeah, yeah, for this issue. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, what? It's got like uh, Descendants, Ramones, uh, Against All Authority, Rancid, uh, Bouncing Souls against me. I'm like, I'm going to go build this playlist tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to reread this. I'm going to listen to it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's I'll do good. that too. That's good. I'm like, I didn't realize. Shoot me First of all, I thought she was way more of a metal. Maybe she's more into metal now because it's all like she tweets about for the yeah, most part. Yeah. But uh well, like, she's into metal, and then she does a lot of artwork for metal bands and mm-hmm. stuff too. I think um, 
what you were saying, Ian, you know, it, it's it's something to really consider because what, what I did like is that um, she's in the book. She's not just like, I want to go off my meds and that's it. Like she's actively trying to deal with it and actively trying to like gain mastery yeah, over she, her powers. She's, she's not testing just herself to see how far she can go. Exactly. And essentially she's analyzing it, trying to figure out what happens at which point and, you know, kind of like where her limits are. Um, and I think that's smart because like you said, in, in a real life situation where it's something where, you know, um, you might be dealing with, let's say, uh, your emotions, the your psychological aspect and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, you, you don't necessarily want to be totally numb. You want to be able to be yourself, but at the same time, uh, yeah, you don't want to flip, you know, flip out on someone because they, like, you know, accidentally bumped into you at the store and then you don't want to, like, turn around and, like, start cussing them out or something like that. So it's kind of, I, I think it's, it, it's weird because this is about like teenagers, right? Like yeah. they're in school and stuff like that, but it's obviously not written by them. So it's kind of what you were saying, Alan, about like as an adult, you're looking at it, you're like, they're not trying to hurt you, you know? So it has that sense of you need to be your own person. You need to be able to handle yourself. But at the same time, it's not straight up saying like, Oh, adults are bad and they're trying to control you. They make it very clear that that's her perspective, mm -hmm. but having, um, the guy there that's kind of like, well, I don't know. Are you sure? It, it's kind of that middle ground, that link between, you know, who she is and who her mom is. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of in the middle. And, and I dug that, that they have like the, the unseen side of it, you know, the fence, yeah, the fence's point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I was, I was a little confused at the beginning because we get the little introduction where she's asking all about like, oh, have you ever felt like you're different and this and this and that? And this is one year earlier and it shows that. So it's like, to me, I'm like, why is she asking that when they both already know the answer is yes, because that was the whole reason they left. Like yeah. in the beginning, we see them in New York City and they're having the conversation of, have you ever felt like there's something weird about you? It's like, clearly there is. Clearly you already know this. Clearly you've been through this a year ago. So I didn't really understand if... Because I think that was the entry point. Because I think that what I think that's the prevailing teenage thought process, right? Yeah, is like. Well, I think she's half talking to the audience there. Not yeah, exactly. So much asking him, and 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 that's what I think is. I think that's your entry point. That's the that sets the theme. Yeah, it's almost. our entry point. And so, yeah, especially if you're setting up angsty teenage characters, of course, if they feel like there's something special about them, something that they're they're not expanding on or, or working on or lacking, um, or that they are lacking. Um, that they're going to want to pursue that. And that's going to be a driving force. Also, that's something that every teenager feels. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Ryan, uh, where can people check this out? Sure. This, uh, they did a, a 12 issue miniseries where it, it starts out with a lot of vignettes and then gets more of a plot based. And then, uh, a couple of years later, they did a six issue series on, uh, image whole things collected. Now you can get it on Comicsology or get it from, uh, a brick and mortar comic book store, or Amazon or whatever. You can get the whole thing for like 15, 20 bucks cool sweet yeah i would definitely recommend checking it out um i i really enjoyed this first issue quite a bit uh so, so moving forward i believe i am actually the next guy on you the are book. all right uh so in my rotation it was dc time so it was time to bring a dc book uh, and i brought one that was recommended to me uh from a while ago um it's a new 52 book uh, it's green arrow number 17 so this starts a brand new arc uh with uh with new creative team on the book at the time uh jeff lemire and and uh andrea Sor sorrentino uh it is a book about 
about uh, the Green Arrow, of course. Um, and it takes place where everything seems to be going pretty good for Oliver Queen, and all of a sudden things just take a turn for the worse. His company gets sold. Pretty much the, his 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 only kind of remaining close family is 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 killed right in front of him. All his friends are are, are killed. Pretty much, he loses everything and is being like tracked by a, uh, a an archer that is just as good and has a lot of his weaponry so uh it's kind of a nice little beginning to an arc and it kind of just throws everything for a loop so i did not read the arc previous to this so a little bit of this was kind of new to me too uh as far as the characters and everything but what did you guys think about it i thought that this was a very good representation in a comic book of a cw tv show <laughs> yeah it definitely it definitely had that arrow feeling for sure for sure um, i've never seen arrow like at all either. but i do recognize the outfit and mm-hmm. so when he does finally get into his green uh green lantern green uh, green arrow gear um it it basically is the one from the show right yeah well kind of kind of like but mostly like as far as like what it looks like in the show yeah i mean he he it's Pretty much, I mean, he Green Arrow's been dressing like that for a long time, but he just doesn't have the beard in this. He just has clean shaven face. Well, the, yeah, I mean, but I'm talking about like the cool athletic hair. gear with the oh, yeah, Kevlar. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, when this came out, this was not like the suit that he had right. uh, in in the show. This is kind of eventually what it became. Well, oh, if you look at the okay, front so of the cover of the comic, the it says it's new hit series. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty. True. So Arrow was kind of just coming along, and I think what they probably felt like is we should probably have a similar feeling or something to it from what i understand too, some of the characters uh that are in the show that were not part of um you know green arrows past and stuff like mm. that in 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 canon started making their way into the book as well and yeah stuff like that mm-hmm. and so, yeah that makes sense they, yeah. they would probably want to capitalize on that um yeah. i also thought it was a little i don't i, I don't want to say it's predictable or i don't want to say it's campy but i when you start a new run and then you have to reset the status quo somehow, yeah, and you just end up killing everybody and wiping out all their gear, it feels like I don't know if you've ever played a video game before, but where <laughs> it was like a sequel or you're a hero, it's like uh, this is the reigning champion. Oh no, my ship crashed, all yeah, my gear yeah. is lost. All of a sudden, like I have to start from zero. Oh, like, hey, what's, what, what's that Castlevania game where you play as uh, Dracula's kid and you have like all the abilities? And within oh, like yeah. first five minutes, like, oh yeah, we're gonna strip you of all that. It's like, what? Yeah, Link's Awakening did the same thing. It's yeah, techn- it's a it's pretty common, yeah, yeah, beginning of story, I yeah. think, trope, at least in video games and here, anyway. So, well, I, they, I just they feel even like did it's, that in yeah. like GTA, where like in GTA 5, they're like, oh, you're not gonna be Michael, you're gonna be these other other kid that has nothing and yeah, like true. so they just made you another character in the same world and then eventually you kind of unlock the guy who's got the money right but the difference with that in gta which by the way gta 5 as far as storytelling goes for a game that looks shallow yeah. on the surface is super, super great story-wise yeah. um that being said you do come around to having two other characters which yeah. i don't know if that happens here i would assume yeah. With the exception of the characters they bring over probably from yeah. the show to become his new entourage or whatever. Yeah. it's mm. It seems like we're getting Oliver Queen back to like the lowest possible like low that he can be. like Almost like he don't have any technology or gadgets. You're stuck right. with just yeah. yourself. Which I don't know how I feel about that because on one hand, it is a very easy... It, like On one hand, it's a good way to set a new status quo and build a story on. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's sort of like saying... I don't really care about anything that happened before, so let's just not worry about it. I, I can see that. From which has its pros and cons. I, I haven't read the previous arc to this. Well, it's interesting because this but, is like a number seventeen. It's not like a number one. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't read the previous arc to this, but the, again, this is where the new creative team took over. Um, 
from what I heard from the same person that that um, suggested this one, our, our friend Jacob, he um, he said that the Green Arrow, because uh, I asked him one time when he throws, the, oh, you should read this one. We're like, oh, should we start from the beginning? And he's like, nah, just start from 17. The Green Arrow before then of the new 52 is like not that good. Also, mm. apparently doesn't matter because they wipe it all out. Yeah, yeah and that's pretty much what he was saying. He's like, they wipe the slate clean and they start with a better like story going right. forward and stuff. So I think if I'm if I'm gonna just kind of go along with it, it was probably just because it wasn't really good. Or I something. mean, but like I, I said, I, I, I don't read it myself. I don't think that it was a bad move. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, "Well, why did they do this?" Cliche, it's dumb. It, it is a little cliche. It uh, it just feels like as a new reader, but somebody who understands how these things kind of works, it yeah. has its pros and cons. Yeah, and I was ready to jump into a character at issue 17 i was prepared to jump into a character that had a little bit of history on it Mm -hmm. um and so maybe that was just me having preconceived expectations well it's funny because because like i'm not a super familiar i don't watch arrow i'm not super familiar with green arrow besides like knowing that he's sort of like the robin hood batman with the arrows which is i think all you need uh but but like like all the stuff at the end of this book where he's dealing with all these other guys and they're telling him sort of cryptic things about the island which i don't know what that is and komodo i also don't know what that is except for like you do know what the island is we read the when ian brought the last one remember where you brought uh green arrow the one with kevin smith wrote right so Oliver Queen was stranded oh, right, on right. an island, for right. five and years. that's where he learned to shoot bow and arrow. Really but, well. I, but I mean, yeah. like in terms of in terms of new reader or people who don't pay attention, I'm pointing at myself right now. Gotcha. Uh, like, like there's still a lot of. It's not just like, you know, like Batman. You know, out of nowhere, like we still have the, a lot of the backstory right. that, like, if you're familiar with Green Arrow, you're like, oh yeah, it's the island and then this right. and that. But if you, but if you're just a totally like, well, I saw this show and I really like it, so I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna read this book. There still is, I feel like, some depth there. Some things yeah. that you're gonna learn. You know, it's it's not just sort of like a, well, and this is this is uh, this is this guy. He's got a bow and. Okay. An I, arrow. Think, I think I think I got it. I I think from what you're saying, I think yeah. I understand my viewpoint a little better now. Okay. Uh, because I think uh, oh shoot, I just had it too and I is lost it. it. Is it? I mean, oh, I got it. I got it. Okay. Got it. Um, it's because. From a let's uh, let's not it's a not it's not a number one right it's a continuing story technically but it is a change of creative team so it might as well be a number one yeah from an issue that is resetting a status quo or beginning a new arc it doesn't do anything that we always talk about a first issue should do in my opinion mm-hmm. it takes the whole book erasing everything that happened before mm-hmm. so that then you can start a new story instead of getting twenty pages to set up an exposition, a new story and draw you in and introduce characters. Uh, It takes 20 pages to erase everything. Mm -hmm. And then you get two pages for that setup. Yeah. And it feels really lame to me. Well, and I think that's the major con that I was referring to earlier, but you're what you just said kind of helped me refine that. And I see what you're saying there in that context, but just you, when you're speaking, it kind of got me thinking of where have I seen that sort of approach before. Um, Winter Soldier, Captain America 2, you know, the the, the movie, mm-hmm. you know, it's like everything you know is a lie. Hydra is everything and S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist and this and that. It, that's what that whole movie was. But I really enjoyed that. No, know? I, I maybe, agree. And maybe that's why I found myself enjoying this book. Um, so 
I'm going to approach it from, I haven't read a whole lot of Green Arrow. Um, I've seen the show, you know, I've, I've been catching up on the latest season of the show as mm-hmm. well. Um, and I will say, I think this, at least this issue that I'm reading, takes the elements that I like from the show. And to for me, it does a better job at executing it as I think it should, because that show's based on a comic book character. So the comic book should be able to do it better than the show, right? Um, that that's what I would think, and you know, Makes you're sense. not you're not limited to production value and budget. It's that's it's true. you know whatever ink you could put down on on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that it takes some of that stuff. Um, I like that you know they make him kind of this arrogant, snot nosed kid a bit. Where did they de-age him then, or it was since he when- does look young, but I can't tell if it's just a stylistic choice or if there's or if he's. And I haven't read any of the previous issues. So I don't yeah, know. that's what I'm wondering. If it, our issues one through sixteen, if he's the same age, then I guess that's that's fine. I just didn't know if they de-aged him at the same time. Usually, I mean, with New Fifty Two, they tended to kind of. Oh, that's right. It is New Fifty Two, so that gives you old. yeah, everybody kind of <laughs> gotcha. roll back the clock a little bit. But um, I I really liked how they set it up. To me, I liked that they kind of set up that they do that classic like you've been framed storyline mm. though. I dig that because it's like okay, well, they people walk in right as his uh you know trusted family friend or whatever is pulled out a window and clearly clearly he pushed him out the window is what it would appear like you know and he's got to combat that and then like you said they take away kind of everything else from him and not only that but they got his text so it's like i i I dug that i kind of like how they did that um and the way that it's told visually here i i appreciate as well Cool. Yeah, I want to talk about the the visuals of this book. It's really, uh, it's it's interesting because there's it's it's colored obviously, but it's all mm-hmm. black and white. There's no shades of gray anywhere. It's, it's, it's either, all ink or flat. Yeah, one of the two. Uh, and it's and it's an interesting. It, I I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but it's very I, I don't know how to describe it I don't know I like, it, like initially looked at it and I was like I got it it, it kind of reminds me of um, reminds me a lot actually of Sin City yeah but it feels much more I want to say technical but that doesn't make any sense feels, I, I know I know what you're saying it let me, feels let me like try. they're trying really hard to make it photorealistic but yes. at the same time it's really noir let me let me let me see if I can I know what you're saying let me see if I can I can dictate it so okay. did you ever see the MTV version of Spider-Man when MTV made a Spider-Man the show. CG, the CG Spider-Man? Yeah. yeah. That, this is what that looks like because, huh. it's using, uh, because it's using flat colors with really inky blotches. It, it gives the illusion of like a cell shade. Yeah, like on a cartoon. Kind of cartoon shaded. But all, the, all of the lines and stuff are made for realistic faces. Yeah. So you get like this weird uncanny valley mocap yeah. cell shade. Yeah, and that's why yeah. it looks weird. Yeah, that's it looks, absolutely it. Yeah, kind of like faces a video are game not at all ways. cartoonified. Right, they the, look photoreal. Right, but then the art says this is cartoons, this is yeah. comics. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's, 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 a, it's a really interesting effect. I think I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, the art, the art looks fantastic, and I really like. Uh, there's a lot of green in it, obviously, which which makes a lot of sense. There are some scenes where the only accent color is green, uh, which I think is great because it is a green arrow or book. red, depending on the scene. Yeah. You know, whenever it's Komodo doing something or whatever, like you see that, or you know, death and blood and stuff. Um, I yeah, I dug the art, and I was I was really gonna ask you, Ryan, like, what what would you call this art? Because I'm like, it's like flat, 
but also obviously this was you know done in photoshop and like you know it's got both those elements to it and stuff like that so yeah it's worth noting that the artist is credited uh as um as artist interior and color or and cover comma colorist so the the artist andrea sorrentino did all of the art one okay. person um not not splitting it up right right yeah do you, do you are you familiar with the term uh pop art ryan yeah so this is pop art with color yeah absolutely and so, then the and then the colors are are all flat they're flats exactly it, when it comes to comic book art you have you know pop art is have no, I was just going to say, being that you kind of like asked yeah. Ryan if he's familiar with, you know, pop art or the term pop art, like how would you define that for uh, anybody that doesn't know? I would totally just say take two seconds and Google it. But essentially what you do is you take a photo and you jump the contrast up completely uh-huh. and then drain everything else out of it. So, so the only thing you're left with is you're, you're left with the picture, but it's all just shadows. Mm-hmm. The easy the easy thing to think about is is that Andy Warhol silkscreen of um, Madonna. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You mean Marilyn Monroe? Marilyn Monroe. That's Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, you're right. It was Marilyn Monroe. But yeah. He also uh, did that with like Elvis. and all, all art cred has flown out the window for me. Ian, <laughs> Ian, talk about this book. What'd you like about it? Um, I, I Mr. I, Store Guy. I feel like as far as like resetting the status quo, yes, it is kind of, I'll be honest, it is a little bit lazy to kind of kill everything off but it also provides for people who aren't familiar with the show or that like that are picking it up i feel like this is kind of the opposite of what ryan said which i feel like this is a good book to pick up if you've just started watching the show and you're like well i want to read the comic of it and well rather than picking up the other ones i'm like well i don't know what's going on here this is not because i read the first issue of green arrow from new 52 and it's kind of like he's already in the swing of things he's green arrow you know what it is and this feels more like the Hey, maybe we're going to mention some stuff from the show and it's going to be a new beginning and it's going to kind of start differently. Um, but that being said, like I like the art. I think there are sometimes the, the choices of faces are kind of weird um, as far as like facial design, but I get the overall thing. I really like that, that, that panel where, um, where that guy is being pulled out of the window by that grappling hook. Yeah. The grapple arrow. I love the coloring on that. Um, I think it's just really awesome looking like the window is all green on the side of the building and everything else is black and white with like red. And I I don't know. I just like the way that looks Uh, panel layout too is kind of interesting. It doesn't doesn't stick to a common panel layout. It uses the, it uses um, a lot of inserts, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of cool, but I enjoyed it. I mean, I did. I, I don't think that I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so drawn in. And now I know need to know what's happening. But like, I, I liked it for what it is, and I can understand why this was recommended to me as like, this is a good place to start if you like Green Arrow. Because if you do like Arrow, like Show Arrow, this really fits in well with it, I think. It definitely has that vibe, yeah. You yeah. know what this really, really reminds me of? Is that Daredevil book we read recently. Yeah. yeah. Where it the, starts with Daredevil mm-hmm. jumping into the water to, to save the guy who's just been thrown over there. Mm-hmm. The trial sold Daredevil? Yeah, yeah. Just like art-wise and the way the story progresses, both of them, they just fit in the same place in my mind they seem very similar yeah, yeah totally agreed. sweet well you know, he- one of the little like things that i liked in this is it's a weird thing but when he's in that office apparently there's like a painting of the island in the background for uh-huh. some reason but it has this weird stuff below it where it looks like it's like a black metal band yeah yeah i saw that i was yeah, like yeah. I've, I've been like looking at this trying to decipher like is is it something like is is that like a weird clue because it just seems like a weird that's one of the things a I love about thing. comics is that probably like four issues from now you see that in more detail yeah and then you're reading you're like wait wait, wait. and you can flip back and see this and go oh it's been there since the beginning yeah oh it's there um, I, love, I love that you can but yeah jump it in just looks like comics. a black metal like logo or something like that it's weird but I like it 
it makes me want to like start like a black metal band themed after that <laughs> island <laughs> or something like that. Well, it's you guys, the island. <laughs> you guys can check out uh, Green Arrow at number seventeen. Uh, it is available um, anywhere DC Comics are sold. Uh, I'm sure they've c- uh, can p- um, put this into a, a, a actual collected. trade, a collected trade. Yeah, as well as you can get it digitally, individually, or with uh, based on the trade. But yeah, uh, anywhere you can find DC Comics, you should be able to find this. So Green Arrow number seventeen, check it out. Uh, so Chewy, I believe you are the one who is next. You are the <laughs> one who is next. <laughs> yes, I am so, the one who is next. Chewy, tell us what. i brought night world number one of four from uh image um done by adam mcgovern and paolo landry um so and uh, i'm gonna gonna notice that i'm gonna there's also color art by dominic reagan um so yeah color by dominic reagan can you start us off and give us what you would consider an elevator pitch for this book <laughs> the elevator pitch for this book okay i've been thinking about this because yeah i've been thinking about it since i read it. i hadn't read it before the show i remember i picked it up because i was like that looks interesting yeah um my elevator pitch for this book is a demon is trying to a, a lonely sad demon is trying to save or regain the love of his life uh, by retrieving a mystical key um, however he is not the only night world entity that is seeking it and it's kind of like a weird like death race sort of scenario or something like that where you know let's let's call him satan or or the head demon is essentially using them and their quest for this key as his own private entertainment that's a really good pitch yeah you yeah know, that makes a lot more sense yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah actually yeah. <laughs> uh, you know how i saw this you know what i saw this book like, I, I read through it just yeah. the way the art is and especially the way the story sort of unfolds do you guys ever watch midnight movies no. no, no. Do you guys ever? You didn't like like when I was a kid, like it would be late at night, and I had a black and white TV in my room, and I would put on, uh, like PBS, like real late at night in Houston, uh, like would show like Italian horror movies, but not like the not like mm. the really messed up ones, yeah, because there's still TV, yeah. Uh, but it would be like a movie, like a horror movie that is. So it wouldn't be like Suspiria. No, no. It'd be like a horror, like a like some sort of weird monster movie that's fifty years old and translated badly from another language. Yeah, and and I would be really tired, and like the sound would be down so that I wouldn't get in trouble for watching yeah, it, right. and I'd be sort of like half, like half trying to understand like what was going on, and like you know I would have turned it on in the middle. That's kind of how I felt yeah. with this book. Like not like like just like I'm watching it and I'm like this is crazy and this is awesome and I want it, I want more yeah but I have no idea what's happening <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I and it, like I, I feel like this was more coherent than than that uh-huh. but not like an enormous amount more <laughs> yeah, yeah that's how I felt when I was doing the same thing but I was watching Korean dramas and see there you go yeah it, yeah it, it feels like an Italian horror movie mixed with like a superhero or almost like a luchador type feel I don't know yeah. why because it feels like there's like fighting because of his mask and all the, also the mask yeah, and the design the costumes too. and the- it has that kind of like feeling like like of like the only kind of more modern thing I can say is and it is like Chewie and I've watched. If you haven't watched this web series called Italian Spider Man, which is ridiculous, oh, this yeah. is like the metal version well, of that. One, it's, well, it's, it's, one. Uh, it's one the, whole but, thing. But the, it's like the it's like the metal version, like d- drawn in like a almost like a tattoo flash style. Yeah, like almost, everything's yeah. really really iconic. Uh, and and so the panels are awesome. Like the art is just gorgeous. The, the art to me it's is amazing. what carries. Like that was what made me want to keep turning the pages. Even but, though the but every panel confusing. looks like like something I'd see on some 
burly dude's arm. You know, it's it's uh, it reminded me a lot. Like it sounded. Uh, there are a lot of times where I felt like I'm like this has to be like adapted from like an Edgar Allan Poe like yeah yeah work or something like that. Because just the way that it's written, it's not like here's the background. It's just like. Here is the prose of my heart as I seek the one, you know, like, yeah, that it was sort of feel to it. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. definitely hard to get past those first like four pages because of how dense the like the the prose was essentially. Um, and, and I think just because that's not what I was expecting, or and then I, huh? hot spot the running demon in a tracksuit, yeah, he is a red demon yep. looking guy. Here's the other thing. How do you feel about the style of this art? I mean, the art is great in in and of itself, but people's faces are a little, a little weird. Yeah, everybody's everybody's face is really like like elongated. It's like you've taken every face and stretched it lengthwise. Yeah, yeah. you just grab everybody by the ears and kind of pulled a little bit. But I but I feel like like I, I I'm gonna stick with my tattoo flash design because it 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 looks to me like. Like a tattoo, because you know how like you can get a perfect tattoo of somebody's face, right. but then if it's on a weird part of your body and you move your muscle, like all of a sudden their face is kind <laughs> yeah, of vaguely yeah, distorted. Yeah. That's, that's how fair. that's how all the faces in this book feel. Yeah, I can see that. Except for like the one face of the guy with the mustache shouting. Well, it also has that. That's funny you mentioned like old like TV and like like old horror movies because it kind of has that like older movie yeah. kind of weird feel to where everybody kind of looks off because the 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 quality on the camera isn't that great. Or yeah, the hair or, and or makeup. maybe they, maybe they're they're you know they it was shot using one kind of lens and it's being yeah. projected with a slightly different one, so everything's kind of wonky. Yeah, exactly. Like that's um, the kind of feel I got from it. Did we talk about the use of the Kirby crackle all over this book? Oh, it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like <laughs> all over the place. I love it. I love the Kirby crackle. I think you it's used man. to good. It's used to good effect for sure. Oh yeah. Um, it also feels very uh, Hellboy-ish in some places too. Yeah, I can see that too. I feel like I feel like because it says it's it's Night World one of four, right? Mm-hmm. I I feel like this might be one of those ones, um, kind of like if you read it all at once. Yeah. Then then some of the really strange things about that you don't pick up in the first issue, yeah. you would eventually get later. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, it's, it's such a, I really like how the world that they build in this is, is so weird. Like we, we can't classify it super well. It is we're like, Oh, it's kind of, you know, like eh, ghosty, but there's also demons and stuff. It yeah. feels, it feels very original in that sense. Like it, like it definitely, uh, it definitely feels kind of like a throwback, like it references a lot of things, but it doesn't. There's not one thing that you can point to that says this is like this. You know, it's not Spawn, it's not Hellboy. I like that. This yeah. does this does make me think because you brought up Spawn and Hellboy. Let's say that for some reason somebody uh you know opted off the movie rights. Oh or come to this on, book. really? What you know who's gonna direct the heck out of this? All right, well hold on. Look, uh, we're not <laughs> we're not fan know. casting. Here's what I was gonna say. I think that this is the kind of book where a bunch of dudes in suits would sit around a boardroom, listen to a, like what this book is about, and they're like, okay, well, we have to adapt this. We'll cut this, 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 and this. They'll take all the weird out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they the would weird. just leave. Yeah. Well, he's a dude in a blue suit that dresses up like a demon. Go with that. It would be like the movie version of Constantine. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel go. like that if, if a comic book would get that sort of treatment, then it's something that can't be discussed or explained without the other person having read it before <laughs> like i feel like that's almost a prerequisite at that point like if you if you take this to a normal uh, quote-unquote normal person or somebody that doesn't read comic books and you try to show them this book or they read this book and and you go okay what do you think 
without having had that previous read, Mm -hmm. they would not be able to discuss this book with you at all. I feel like the reactions to this book are either, what the hell is this? Yeah. Or... What the hell is this? I want more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I definitely think after watching it, watching it after <laughs> after reading it. No, that's that true. I um, I I got to the end and I was like, oh man, that's it. Like, it's just one of those things where, with what you're saying, Ryan, I think consuming this, being that it's only four parts and it reads fairly quick, mm-hmm. you know, that reading the whole thing at once might be. A better way to approach it, yeah. Uh, if you're interested in reading this book at all, you know, I, for for me, I definitely see how it's just like weird and it's very mysterious up front, mm-hmm. and that's where I think uh, having more of it to to dig into because by the time you like dig into this, it's almost over. Um, yeah, you know, and the, once you kind of realize what's going on and stuff, by the time that like you know, devil dudes like ah, this is the afterlife, such gripping real time drama. <laughs> you know, it's like there's five pages left after that. So it, I, I think this would be awesome to read kind of straight through. I'm interested to read the rest of it because I want to see kind of how it plays out in one mm-hmm. sitting versus, you know, kind of cutting it short. Yeah, me too. Sweet. Well, where can people check this out? Um, it's an image book, so you can go ahead and pick it up anywhere image books are um, sold. I've seen it, you know, collected um as a set uh, at comic book shops, uh, you can go ahead and get it, you know, at Comixology, from Image, you know, where, wherever it is. Sweet. Looks like it just came out a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not very old, so you probably still find it. Sweet. All right. Well, Alan, I believe you are the last one to go. Yeah, my turn. And uh, tell us about what you brought. So way back in episode one of this show, if you've ever listened back that far, uh, Ian talked about getting into Sonic, like as one of his first... So I never had a Super Nintendo. I had a Nintendo, but I never got a Super Nintendo. And so Sonic became like, I really loved Sonic the Hedgehog as a kid. I had a stuffed Sonic the Hedgehog and a stuffed Tails. And I had, I love, and I read, the, I, I for, for my first comics that I really like read and cared about a little bit, like the Sonic comics, I would just look at them over and over again and read. So I actually started reading. Those are like the first ones where I actually started reading what was oh. on the like page. And and like I and like I said back then as well. That's no uh, simple feat because the Sonic universe has become so convoluted and, oh, and, I would and pick expansive. It up. I would pick it up it's as true. best I could. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure my mom wouldn't be like, "Hey, mom, new month, need another issue." She'd be like, "What? We just got you a comic book." Yeah. Uh. So it. Uh, I always wanted to bring a Sonic comic because I wanted to kind of test those waters because um, I had never gotten into it and I thought it would be funny reference to episode one. So when <laughs> they announced Sonic Mega Drive number one, I was like, oh, shoot, I got to bring this. You just beat me to it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I had extra incentive because the pencils were done by Tyson Hess, who did uh, Diesel, uh, mm-hmm. if you guys remember that book. Oh, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. uh, he did one of my favorite web comics, uh, which is now on Infinite Hiatus, but uh, called Boxer Hockey. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, I brought so- uh, Sonic Mega Drive number one, uh, written by Ian Flynn with line art by Tyson Hess. I have to give a shout out, obviously, to Matt Herms doing the colors because I think that deserves special mention. Yes. Um, and Jack Morelli on letters, I believe, also deserves special mention. Um, like this entire team, I think, blew it out of the blew it out of the water for me. Um, it is sort of like going back to the old Sega days for Sonic. 
uh, like he had just finished up a big important adventure and this new one is kind of starting up. It's like a, another day in the world. The egg, uh, Eggman shows up. Pretty uh, much, yeah. Pretty much, what you're reading here is like Sonic, Sonic Two, Sonic Three, Sonic and Knuckles, yep. and Sonic CD. Yeah, that is what the little square boxes in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, and, and, and so all it kinda, of what happens in those games, and not only what happens in those games, but the the world it has created. Yes, um, which I think is really interesting because the world that has created in those video games doesn't have a world really, and the world in all the comics since then has become not so tied to the video games; it's become its own entity. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was really cool. Um, Anyway, let's let's hear what you guys have to think about it. I will hold my glowing review. There's so much <laughs> well, happening right Sega, here. Sega, uh, please don't sue the... us. Cut off in 15 <laughs> seconds. Um, <laughs> there's so much happening, dude. Like There were times where, I mean, I, I know my book was kind of tough to, to jump into <laughs> and follow. There were times when I'm reading this, I'm like, oh, what is... Hold on, what is... Ha- I, I almost felt like if this were a movie... Every shot was like, like if you read it, it's like tight, like interior, like shot, close yeah. up on Sonic's yeah. face, and like it, everything was just super close to where it was happening, and it just felt like a lot of shaky cam for me. So what you're <laughs> saying is the comic based on the video game where the little hedgehog runs fast, yeah. moved real fast, <laughs> exactly. and there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh man, um, I'm sensing a theme developing. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like um, like it was a lot of shaky cam. You yeah, I can mean? see that. And I can that, see what you're saying. For me, was there was at times where I was like, oh, "Wait a minute, did I completely ignore a word balloon like in the in the last panel because this kind of seemed to? Be, oh yeah, I did. I totally missed it. You know. There you go. Um, so for for me, that was the one thing with this that was like, I, I don't know. There were times where it was just tough for me to kind of follow what was going along. Um, but at the same time, I think it gets that that theme, that pace, that feeling across so in that sense you know that's a benefit that's fair this is the closest comic book that i have ever gotten to playing a video game (laughs) this this i it's funny i actually grew up with nintendo and super nintendo and i didn't have a sega genesis uh until college um and i like built up sonic in my mind so much i'd go to friends houses and just play sonic they're like you just want to play sonic that's like the most boring game like no, it's awesome. Look how he fast he moves. He's, he's got to go fast. Uh, I love the heck out of Sonic the Hedgehog. and this He's the animal like, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> this felt like playing a Sonic game. Like the way this book is structured, after he picks up everybody, like literally we go into the different zones, then he has the boss battle, and then he gets the gear, and then we go to the next zone. We have another boss battle, pick up another character. Like like it felt like playing a Sonic the Hedgehog game. And and the fact that it's called Sonic Mega Drive, and the name of the first uh, Sega system was the Mega Drive. No, it's the Master Master System. No, but Mega sorry, Drive sorry. was the Japanese Mega Drive was name. The for Japanese name for the Genesis. Genesis yeah. Uh, also, it's the name Sonic of the was. evil invention that Doctor yeah, Robotnik exactly. is so trying it to. Just like, like I don't know if you could sustain this over an entire series. And frankly, I don't know if I'd want that. But in a single issue, like it felt like I sat down plugged a cartridge in, flipped that console on, and played a video game in comic book form, and that was rad. Yeah. I, I really, really liked that. I, I It took me a while to figure out what they were trying to do. Like, it didn't, until halfway through the book, I didn't really f- figure out, oh, yeah, it is a zone, and then a level, and then a boss. And at, I the, thought, at the beginning of the zone, it literally says... No, 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 I mean, I know that. I okay. thought that was, like, a clever reference. Oh, uh, okay. The structure didn't hit me until about, like, the third one, where they got Knuckles out of the temple or oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, then I was all into it. I'm like, sweet. And now we're going to have a boss battle and this is going to be fantastic. And then yeah. we'll carry on. Um, 
Also, old school Amy just makes me smile real hard because mm-hmm. I love the fact that she's not. I don't know she's just adorable and she has her big pink hammer and she's useful. Also, Knuckles is dumb. <laughs> Knuckles has always been dumb. That's why it was funny. <laughs> it's I. I love the fact they play on uh, <laughs> Knuckles was always just being played by uh, by Robotnik, and ever since that game, now he's just the guy that keeps getting tricked into doing things. Yeah, <laughs> and great. so it's just a really good reference. Um, but I never had a I never had a Sega either. I always I got a Super Nintendo as either right before or right as the N sixty four came out. Yes, yeah, and then the N sixty four about three years into its life cycle, so I was always like one generation behind. Um, but uh, I always play. I did the same thing. I went to other people's houses and played Sonic. And I'm like, oh man, this is this is hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad at this. I've I've now since purchased the Sonic game like three or four times now for different consoles. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I actually have a cartridge of it now. Oh, uh, that's impressive, actually. Uh, the one thing I also really liked, obviously, is the artwork. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way that Tyson Hess does faces. Like, he has a face for every single. Like emotion in every single yeah, his faces are like, very very scene. expressive. They're super expressive and just they're really fun. And uh, he doesn't just copy paste faces. And it's not like everybody's stone faced the whole time. Everybody in every panel always has something else going on with their face. And I feel like that really adds to, um, like how you connect or how you read those characters. Like Knuckles literally does not have a different look on his face at any point in the entire book. Once they introduce Knuckles, every oh, yeah. single panel of him is a different look yeah. on his face. And same thing with Sonic and, and Tails. And I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find the same face across anybody. Also, does anybody else read Doctor Eggman is with the voice in their head? Does anybody know Doctor no. Eggman's voice? No, I do. What, what's <laughs> the voice? Uh, you'd have to hear it, but it's from like Sonic Adventure that I played a heck of oh, a lot. Okay. Um, I read in in the last book. I kept reading the the devil as the robot devil, <laughs> Dan Castellaneta. Um, anyway, continue back on this book. Um, so yeah, I I, I think that hey, faces guys, and and dynamics in the art is what makes it a really really fun book. I think I read him with Justin Roiland's voice, uh, <laughs> doing kind of a kind of Morty, but but kind of Blendon Blandon from Gravity Falls. Oh uh, yeah, that same sort of squeaky whiny voice. <laughs> That puts in a whole new Ian, context. you've been quiet Let's just again. take a moment and be calm, rational people about this. <laughs> Are you guys all done? Yeah, go ahead. Go, Ian. This is the... Remember, Ryan, when you read Transformers versus G.I. Joe? Remember? Remember that? Yeah. Remember how happy you were and how <laughs> oh, yeah. it took you back to being a kid? Yes. And like had that look and feel of your childhood? That is what this comic does for me. Oh. This is... I there's so many things I love about this because not only does it make me feel like when the Sonic comics first started, when I was reading them, they weren't as complex as they are now. There wasn't 10 bajillion characters by the time I was kind of becoming like, you know, like 10, 11, 12. That's when they started getting really heavy and the art was really photoshoppy and like it kind of went away from that. And it, it, the other ones had more of a feeling of a Saturday, the Saturday morning cartoon, the good one, not the bad one. Uh, if you don't, if you don't know which one that is, then do do some research. Um, but this has the feel of a Sonic the Hedgehog video game. It 
works for me on a multiple different levels. I know Chewie didn't really care for the speed of it. I loved the pacing of it because it is a, it reminded me of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's fast. There's a lot of stuff going on. So much so that I think you could remove all the dialogue from this book and still know exactly what's going on. Like you could literally, at least in that first couple of pages, you don't have to have either of them say a thing yeah. and, and you understand exactly what's happening, the story beats and everything. Um, not only that, but the art is incredible. The art is, is perfect. The expressions are great. Everything about this is just a love letter to the, the Sega Genesis and for lack of a better word, the Sega CD, the one uh, Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh, it's, it made me so happy, and I couldn't stop smiling when I read it. And I am super stoked to read a second issue. And I am glad that they had Knuckles in the front. I'm like, they better deliver on this. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, Alan, I like Knuckles a lot. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> likes Knuckles. Are you kidding me? But like, because you're like, oh, he's like Sonic, but he's got like long hair looking. He's red. He's like even more attitude. And you're like, I wonder. And you're like, he's I wonder extreme what. Extreme Sonic. And then you're like, I wonder what an echidna looks like. And then now on now with the internet, you just look it up and you're like, ew. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't look anything like Knuckles. Well, That's Sonic gross. doesn't look like a hedgehog but echidnas and hedgehogs look similar but like i and i love that i agree with you alan the old school (laughs) it's true i i like how quickly they just foil robotnik with every single i'm sorry eggman whatever they call him robotnik (laughs) what's the deal with that what's the deal with that they do say let's kick some robotnik yeah Yeah. his official name is dr robotnik but sonic calls him eggman in the newer games it's easier to call him eggman because it's easier for little kids to like remember it's also kind of an insult because <laughs> he uh, looks like a fat yeah, egg, and no, he looks like an egg. Yeah, so okay. it's easier to call him Eggman. Was, was, like he, was he originally called him Eggman in the in the Japanese translation? That Is I that don't why? know. Actually, uh, well, we should look it up. Will tell us. But I think that this incorporates a lot of things from Sonic level, levels, like the bubbles. Yeah. Um. I love. I, I love all of that. I love the the moment. Yes, I agree with you, Alan. That that he. The fact that Knuckles keeps getting tricked over and over again. <laughs> I love it. I love that it switches to these childlike drawings because yeah. that's literally how the plots oh, are. so great. That's literally how the plots are in the video game. They're like child drawn. Like, and then this guy says, oh, no, it's totally okay, dude. Like, is- I, I was, I'm a good guy now. Oh, yeah. All right, man. And like, that's how literally paper thin the plots are. So in, in, in the same way as homaging it, it's also making fun of it and ripping it apart. Your iPad is so massive, Alan. I know. It's huge. <laughs> But this is uh this is the face that I that I love that he's making to Knuckles. He was just like oh, yeah. you stupid. stupid. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that little panel says that you dunk goofed knucklehead. <laughs> you need to save that, and we need to make that. That's one of our memes, along with I say the nope, clown Hulk for no reason. Yeah. And, oh, I love the I love the panel too, where they're where, where like Eggman's in that little ball, and it's like a boss fight where where it's going down the different like the four different vertical panels. Oh man! Oh I, yeah, that was that was really good comics right there. It's good comics and it's also good video mm-hmm. game. It's like you've merged them together perfectly. Like you knew this is obviously done as a love letter to those those games, whether they played them or not, or whether they just are like, okay, we're gonna look at them all and play them and get the idea and feel of it, and then we're gonna put that in a comic book. Like to me, well, this is not a Sonic comic. I would be embarrassed to say that I like because this well, Sonic comic. No, is I mean, guess I better do some research. Time to play video games. <laughs> I, I you know on my phone right now. You know what I did is I went through right now and quote unquote read it again without reading any of the words, simply just looking at the pictures and boom and, and all that sort of stuff. And I like it a lot better. Um, because I think what well, what it was, is I was too focused on trying to like get to all the words that yeah. I'm just like, oh, what is, there's all this stuff, you know. Um, so yeah, 
I think I think in that aspect it, it works really well. Well, and Sonic was always even in the games. He never talked. He was a yeah. silent hero. Yeah. He yeah. just would just be like, okay, yeah. Like even so much so when they came out with the, the the most recent game that was any good, which is called Sonic Generations, for those of you who want to know, where it's old Sonic meets new Sonic. Old Sonic doesn't talk. New Sonic's like, hey, I'm I'm from I'm 1999. Poochie. Yeah, I'm Poochie. <laughs> hey there, kids. I'm Poochie. I like to skateboard and snowboard we get, we get just like whack, kids. Y'all. Yeah, and like the other Sonic's just like. Mm-hmm. Like nodding and smiling, his little belly. He has a cute little belly, and like the other yep. one who's like, I got these long ones, and look at my green eyes. Which you know what? If that's your Sonic, that's fine. Like it's just but, like it's just like Ninja Sonic Turtles. Is, this song, this Sonic, I feel like is really good because he's a mix between the old Sonic and the new yeah. Sonic. This is, and by the way, I did read his voice in my head, okay. and there's only one voice I can hear in my head because I'm such a Sonic nerd from a, from childhood. It's the guy who does the voice for the cartoon, Julia White. Yeah. Urkel. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the voice I heard in my head. I'm like, yep, that's what Sonic sounds like to me. It's almost like I never realized that in my head I had a Sonic voice, kind of like I have a Batman <laughs> and a Joker yeah, voice. That's pretty great. I have a Sonic voice. So I, thanks, the whole time, thanks, Jaleel. The whole time. <laughs> yes, you did do that, Jaleel. Okay. <laughs> the whole time that I read this book, the whole time we have been talking about it, the whole time I've been listening to you guys explain it, I have nonstop in the background had the music in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, ju- no question. Automatically. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Listen to what they're saying. But then it's just a lower volume in the back. It's like, dun, 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 I almost, I almost dun, honestly want to have dun. somebody take these zones and like make music for them and tell me what they sound like. Here's a, here's a pro tip for your life don't ever listen to the Sonic the Hedgehog soundtrack while driving. No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I used what? to. I, I no, also, I'm I didn't know I was I'm doing 95. Also, also, also the Mario Kart soundtrack. I'm just not, I'm, from personal. From personal. I, I will tell the truth here on this one. I have at the gym put on Green Hill Zone on a treadmill because I hate treadmill so much. I'm like, <laughs> this is the only way I can get through it. Gotta go fast. Gotta, gotta go, go fast. fast. And I have for years toiled with getting like some running shoes, some Nike shoes that are red and white. Like, oh man. For years. Oh, so I looked it up and uh, and. In the United States, he was Dr. Ivo Robotnik. Uh-huh. In Japan, he was Dr. Eggman. And eventually, they were just like, well, he's Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Robotnik. There you go. Combine the two. There were air quotes in the middle. For Police. Cops. Police, Police cops. cops. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, Alan. I'm su- always going to read his voices. Suffice to say, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I want to read the next issue as soon as it comes out. We we can be read buddies on this because I want the next one as soon as possible. Dude, stuck. my kids would be so My only question is, hey, Nintendo, Sonic. why not do this with Mario? Just a thought. I know that you've done some good Mario comics in the past in Nintendo Power. Why not do this with Mario or Zelda or any of your other franchises? Make a really dark Metroid comic. Yeah, Metroid. Metroid, I think, would be the best one to translate. I don't know about (laughs) Mario just because... I think Mario could. Well, the, the thing about Mario... Did you ever read the Nintendo Power Mario comics? Yeah, a few of them. Where like they save the princess midway through the story, and then now they have to go all the way back home, and really? like, that's a whole other separate I just adventure. Of a cool one, dude. Yeah. What if you did like uh, an Excite Bike comic, but it's kind of like a death race sort of thing? Oh, I think I think that silly. Nintendo, like, oh man, Nintendo. I know that people have been mean to you in the past. We I all saw Super Mario Brothers. But oh, man. please, like, let your, like, do it. Like, these guys obviously did a great job on it. Let that happen with your content as well. Please. Hey, we, re- we read Pokemon Special. That turned out pretty well. That's yeah, true. but Pokemon, I feel, is its own separate animal. Like, they're like, oh, well, yeah, oh, well Pokemon. Fully own Pokemon. Yeah, that's like, fair. well, that's its own thing. But, like, no, we're not, we're not going to let. It's called the Pokemon Company. Like, I mean, think that's of, think of that's a, true. A, a Kirby comic. How cute would that be for kids? Kirby, I think Kirby and Metroid are both really good options to start with if they're mm-hmm. going to do that. Nintendo, I think, I feel like is becoming more 
okay with giving their, because their people IPs are, out? Because I think people are treating them with respect. I yeah. think and love. What like unlike the Mario Brothers movie from this, anymore. Yeah, you have yeah. that movie that obviously, you know, once bitten twice shy. But then on top of that, it's like, well, these are the only things we have. These are our crown jewels. And if we let other people like mess with them, then like we don't have anything. I think w- once they're seeing like kind of how everything with Marvel has shaken out, you know, and, and all that, it's like, oh, wait, like, you know, like there's a place for nerd culture and popular culture right now. Mm-hmm. It's popular. You know, all these, all these, you know, fat old guys want to still be, you know, their eight year old selves again. Okay, let's go ahead and start doing that. And I, I hope they just full on like, let it happen because that Me would be too. awesome. Me That'd too. be awesome. So, Alan, where can people get this? It's an Archie book, right? Uh, Archie comics? No, I don't think so, actually. I think so. Yeah, no, they, they, they own Archie the, owns the license. Yeah. Archie oh, okay. License. Still doing that. All right. Um, but yeah, you can get them brick and mortar online wherever you want. Um, it's a uh, number one. Do they still one, have so. them at like grocery stores? No. no. <laughs> they don't sell comics. No, it just came out this month, LCS. right? August 2016 is what it says in here. Like this month. Yeah. It came out when I was talking to Tyson Hess at AX, he's like, oh, yeah, it's coming out next month. So that was that was been August. Mm. Um, Let me tell you guys, though, that guy Robotnik chill, gets way way, more, way better if you read his voice like uh, Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. I don't Thank- know. I don't Ryan, know, Ryan. thanks here, for here, Let me, let me give know. you an example. Please. All right. All give right, us a here. sample here. Hey, now, just a minute, Knuckles. I'm a changed man. Reformed. And I need your help. In fact... You're the world's only hope. <laughs> <laughs> that that's pretty that's good. That's pretty good. Right. I like yeah, that. I like that. It's funny. Pretty good. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> his voice just doing anything. We shouldn't have watched that video right. <laughs> what if you What if you read Sonic as Rick? <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that, Eggman. You gotta. Oh, oh I'm down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can Amy be Summer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Rick and Morty. Fast. And then Tails has to be Jerry. Then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 Jerry. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty, good. Yeah. That's pretty right. good. I got okay. tricked. Okay, all right then. I'm gonna have to use some foul language. Kids cover. Then then tails is Mr. Poopy Butthole. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> hey, Sonic. Ooh-wee. Oh, Sonic, don't ooh-wee. Don't come too close. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Oh, oh man. No. Anyway, oh, no. I got to see the um, Justin Roiland uh, doing a quote unquote live episode, improv episode, oh, where no. he's switching back and forth between Rick and Morty voices, and they're not particularly like it's not a particularly funny episode thing but it's kind of neat to see him just flip a switch and go from one to the other it's really interesting well that is going to wrap us up for the first segment of our show here's my issue and now we move on to part two part two is a little section called first prints in which we read a classic comic book issue a classic run a graphic novel uh sometimes new sometimes old mostly old hopefully uh stuff that if you are uh new to comics or maybe been out of comics for a while something that is, is a seminal work or important whether it be new or old something that is a good thing to start reading uh or maybe not maybe something that we think is a classic that we can avoid uh but we will see tonight where we what have we read ryan it was kind of a you you brought this up and it's a very important comic book event from the 90s so yes. what did we read? As it was for a time the best-selling graphic novel comic book ever, uh, Death of Superman. Okay, so let's talk it's about the one the where Superman, Superman died. Yes, it's in the nineties the- when the giant rock man punched him too much. Yes, and they <laughs> and, I think, and I think I think that's the best way to sum up the comic. But it's also been ad- adapted, sort of, into the Bavistige, um or uh, or as I was taking to call it. Batman versus Superman. Dang. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's a very Rick and Morty centric episode. Yeah, it is. Um, so uh, yeah, this is the the series. It's about eight, like eight, seven, six, seven, eight books. How many books were, were in this thing? It all blended two, together. Six, right? Many. Two, six or too many. Um, where? I think it was okay. Eight. I think it was eight issues. All right, I'm gonna cut through it. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna address the elephant in the room. The only issue that cares about Superman is the last issue in this thing. Oh yeah, everything else is just like. Hey, this thing got out. We should stop it. Yeah. Superman, stop it. Oh, burn this kid's house down. Superman, stop it. Oh, no, we still can't get it? All right, well, all the ju- let's get the Justice. Nope, Justice League can't stop it either. Justice League's worthless. Okay, well, Except Superman, you're going to have to fight it in Metropolis. And then all of a sudden in the middle of that issue, it's like, but he would go down. The hero has fallen. There's and, no, and the no matter time, what, it got like really heavy. The whole time, though, right Superman's, at the end. The whole time, Superman's all, "Oh man, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> you take a nap. This, this yeah, tuckering me out. This yes. is proof. Wow. That this, this is guy's a, hits pretty hard. This is a classic example of what people when they talk about the quote unquote badness of '90s comics, like." Oh man! Like yeah. th- this is not even comics as art or comics as literature. This is <laughs> comics as something else. Every single thought or, or or inference or everything is clearly written out. There is no room for any other interpretation. It is right there on the page, so you understand everything. And it's tedious as yeah. heck to read. It, Superman explains just every everything. little bit about. He doesn't. He leaps. He doesn't fly. In flying, I have an advantage. I will try to fly now. Oh, no, it didn't work. Why didn't he just go like... Except for the one time where I'm like, what the hell did you just do? Can you (laughs) think the one thought where he's like, these bony protrusions must be an extension of his internal skeleton. Maybe if I... Ah, I hurt him. How? Yeah. What? How? How? What, what, what happened? happened? He broke it. No, but but that had happened before. It was one That's of those true. things where I he was didn't just, go. You expected him to go. Maybe if I break it, it will cause his bone be, to break. Be, because <laughs> every other thing. thought he's thinking he's yeah, putting out there. That's what it is. You got to. I can't tell. Nothing. It. I can't tell. This book had the same problem that Dragon Ball Z has, or the opposite problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, is is it the same or different? The fact that they spent all the time fighting and I, nothing else was happening. They didn't spend any time powering up. Can I ask you two guys a personal question? When that snotty teenager who hates Superman was in there, oh, did mm. you read it in Chewie's voice? Because I sure did. <laughs> I no, read, I, read I read it. it Superman's <laughs> so lame. I read it. I, in I read another it. Chew's voice. I read it as the kid from the old Capri Sun commercials. I'm sorry to say this, Chewie, but when I heard the kid saying, "Please help me, Superman," I just I was like taking such joy in hearing your voice. I'm like, he hates Superman so much. But then, but then I was like, maybe it's not Chewie. Maybe it's a little bit Alan because like Guy Gardner. So it's like if you two were warped into one thing okay by the way explain to me maybe you know this why is guy Guy gardner like just have like a bunch of g's why didn't he start like self-branding himself and made it because he was no longer green lantern right i know that but like where was he getting his power from that's the thing that they asked in here like how did in in one of the issues i think it might have been the the last one or something like that where someone was like how did he get his golden power would you like to know i would like to know because number one, I well, I was a little fuzzy on the details, well, um, and but this, I also knew, being you, that you would ask this question. So I already had. I was it just curious up. because he had so many G's on him. Like here we go. Here, a, I'll give oh, you some weird time in DC Comics where yes. like they reveal a lot of random things and he plant a lot G of seeds in this dude. one. Like 
for instance, the whole Supergirl thing. Like everybody thought it was just how did Supergirl come back? And it's like she's a, this one. She gets punched and turned into purple goo. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, she's, she's, not bad. she's an alien shapeshifter called the Matrix. I she's had to look. I had monster. to look at like she I had to look produce. at that for like four different times and be like, what. Is this like a mistake? Like, was this like so a think mold about it. they wanted there? Because so I know 90s I, comics were weird. I wanted to point it out. I first read this. This was one of the first graphic novels that I ever read. And how are you still reading comics? I, I, I was so excited. And there were so many things that I had so many questions on. And there was no way for me to find out <laughs> what the answers were. Sure yeah. I was sure that I was, like, was super I was like, frustrating. I didn't, like, my parents would not buy me comics. So I had to borrow this from a friend. And I read it. And I was like, why did Supergirl turn into a purple goo? And so, so then I go to school. I'm like, why, does Lex why did Supergirl turn into a purple yeah. girl? Oh, because she was an alien shapeshifter called the Matrix, obviously. And I was like, why did Lex Luthor oh, have long okay. hair and a beard? His, that's his son. Yeah. I know. And I, I found that out at the end, looking with through all the where, I didn't even know that. The whole Supergirl thing. With the yeah. whole Supergirl thing. I was just Supergirl like, Supergirl are in some sort of relationship. I was just like, well, obviously, because I'm not a person who delves into DC canon all that much, this is obviously one of the established characteristics of Supergirl that I Chewy, I'm simply not aware of. <laughs> well, apparently, she turns into purple a, goop when you hit her. <laughs> a lot of the stuff in this, a lot of the things that are taken for granted as canon in this, are like nowhere to be found in the DC universe now. No, like we don't have weird vampire guy. <laughs> like we barely even have fire and ice at this point. Uh, and and Alan, hmm. tell us more. What were you going to tell us about Guy Gardner? <laughs> I was like, That's a good for a second, space. I'm like, oh my god, they just killed Supergirl. But then I'm like, wait a minute, no, Crisis on Infinite Earths killed Supergirl. This is this some isn't sort of weird resurrection of Supergirl. Uh, okay, so Guy Gardner's weird ring. What the heck's going on there? Real quick, it's his uh, golden power ring. That's what uh, no, they called it. Not. Get this. Well, yes, it is. But get this. So um, apparently, uh, as all things do, it begins on Crisis. Uh, long story short. Sinestro ends up getting executed by the Green Lantern Corps for being super evil. As we all know, he comes back later. Um, But he was using a yellow lantern ring. Well, it wasn't the yellow lantern core then. It was just a yellow power ring. Yeah. However, the yellow power ring uh, didn't return to where the yellow power battery was because it was apparently just linked to Sinestro. Once again, not something that had been flushed out at this point. No. So Jeff Johns hadn't come around yet. After the Green Lantern Corps was like decimated, Guy Gardner became a recruiting officer, kind of got the Corps up and running again, um, eventually lost his powers because the Green Lantern Corps got depowered over this whole course of events. But he's like, Sinestro had a ring. Where did that go? He went to go look. They said, hey, it never came back. It's not that kind of ring. So then he goes, steals it off of dead Sinestro's finger. Nice. And he starts, finds Sinestro's corpse and yes, takes it. in the crypt, steals it off his finger, and starts using a yellow power ring. That's pretty good. More like Guy Grave Robber, Jesus. am I right? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, that's the short so breakdown. he can fight Hal Jordan and like beat him up pretty good with a yellow ring? Well, yeah, in, if we're talking about old school rules, but yeah. But uh, it, it basically, once again, the Yellow Lantern Corps was not a thing at this point. It was just a yellow power ring. That's all it meant. So and Booster Gold gets pretty torn up, too. Yeah, but Booster yeah. Gold's a wuss. <laughs> who's, who's Bloodstorm? Oh, Bloodwind? With I'm a sorry, Y? Bloodwind? Blood oh, with Doesn't a matter. Y. It's the most 90s who's, thing who's ever. Na- who's he's, 90s comic? I'm looking he's, it up. He's a mysterious character, obviously. He's definitely Remember that he's like, he's like man, I, I wanted him to do this up. alone so I could learn more about him. He's so mysterious. I definitely looked up Bloodwind after that with that exact same question. I found no answers. So, uh, Ryan, if Wikipedia you can come up with something. says he's a fictional necromancer, obviously. Ah, clearly. Oh, okay. That answers all of my questions. Um... 
It doesn't get better, guys. Uh, I'll skim the Wikipedia article <laughs> while you guys talk about it. Um, so, you know what? Character compendium. <laughs> let's let we're, we're at some point we're gonna ha- we're gonna run out of the major ones yeah. and we're gonna have to start digging. Yeah, we're episode five hundred on <laughs> Maxima. <laughs> um, Enchantress. So, okay, we look at it. It's it's a super nineties book. Oh obviously. yeah. Um, he doesn't have a mullet, though. I was kind of sad about I, that. I, but he gets one when he comes back to life. Yeah, I would argue though that it's not like the worst thing that we've re- that we've read. Present your argument henceforth. Um, Dark Knight Two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, Strikes Back. I don't know. Uh, Strikes I don't know. Back. I, I knew, but, but see, I, but see, bad. I knew that was going to be bad. So I was like thinking to myself that, when I'm reading this, I'm like, well, it did sell a lot. Something must be good about Here, it. Here's how I find that argument. Not that you're wrong, but here's how I find that argument. Cake is not good for you. Okay. Cookies are not good for you. Okay. But cake technically has less sugar, so it's better. Okay. <laughs> Batman or, or uh, Dark Knight Two was terrible because it went insane at the very end. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's worse than this one because this one literally nothing happens until the last page we find out they just punch yeah, each other to for death for me i'm looking at this and i'm like okay so this is just gonna be like hype 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 moment happens where the other one i'm like okay what's the story gonna be here and there was like no i can un- I, mean, I can understand that so apples and oranges in my opinion but why can't fruit, fruit be compared, compared? i'm glad that you <laughs> That you got. So ah, I'm yes. sorry to everybody's eardrums who just blew out there. <laughs> yeah, Little Dicky. Wow. Little Dicky. Uh, yeah, but also, it's called, it's called an idiom. Get used to it. Uh, hey, it, don't call me an idiom. No, I mean, it's different than, than Dark Knight it's Returns different. or even or yeah. any of those because it like if you look at the list of issues, this mm. is this is a couple of issues from like six different books mm-hmm. where you sort of follow it. It's, it's not this. It's. It's different. It's comics are different. It's not even like Crisis on Infinite Earths, where it was a mini series right. of its own right. This right. was yeah. just was something that happened that in the pages of Justice League and Superman, and you literally had to buy all of those different books for a couple of months to get the picture of what to was get the going whole on. thing. To get the whole like, story, you couldn't which... just buy Civil War and then all of the other books sort of reference Civil War. Right. You have to just like well buy all. And these? I think we talked about that, but I, I think that <laughs> Unless what's you just different wait for the death of Superman and get what you need, and that's it. Yeah. Two two things I noticed about that particular uh, sentiment. One is that. Lois Lane in one book is apparently completely different from another Lois yeah, Lane in a different true. book, which these days I don't think would happen. Different they would writers, have, different artists. Definitely. They would have a character know. Bible and would say, this is Lois Lane. Do what you want, but you got to stick to this. Yeah. The second thing was that the art didn't really change in each book. Like, like there Dan, was subtle yeah, differences. It looks like Dan Jurgens did most of it, right? Yeah, I did he do all of it? No, because it, this was just DC's house style. Yeah, that's, in the 90s. that's another thing that's that I thought at. was really interesting is just okay, these how, days. How Justice Marvel. League of America was Dan Jurgens. Man of Steel was Dan Jurgens. I'm going through all yeah. of them. Oh, thank here. you. Okay. Um, keep going. I'll, I'll keep but going. But well, if, if I'm correct, yeah, Marvel front. had a house style too at the time. It looked well, very. Um, yes, and that's the point I'm trying to Jim make. Very Jim Lee kind of. Yeah. Is that nowadays across six different books, even if they're the same superhero, you wouldn't see that kind of consistency I, in the art. I yeah, think, no, that's true. I think what the big bum out is, is that like 
It literally starts with Doomsday punching out of a box. We don't know who he is or why he is. All we know is he wants to destruct things. It's not even that he wants to destroy Superman. He just wants to destroy all. He does nothing except walk in a straight line and destroy things in front of him. He has no rhyme or reason. He has no motivation. He has no origin. And he has no goal. Well, he has one other emotion. He does have one other emotion other than evil, though. Which Across is, seven issues, Chewie, yeah. we never find no, out what one we, of those things don't. is. No. We don't. That's ridiculous. It is. I'm now not agreeing. Sta- I'm not nowadays, saying it's not ridiculous. Nowadays, that wouldn't stand. Back then, it was like, I want to see a big monster fight Superman. And, and I think eventually, that's exactly what Eventually, it was. they did flesh out his backstory. Which was? Rock out his back. Uh, Let me guess. No, they How much time do we have? Really. Uh, <laughs> uh, can, can I narrow it down? Is Unless it, you meant Is, is it Darkseid, Lex Luthor, or both? No, it's Mysterious Aliens. Ugh. Yeah, the worst one. <sighs> Action Comics. The worst one? Mysterious aliens who exist for no other reason. They just buried it on Earth. Hopefully he won't get out. Just for no reason. Yeah. Why can't I write a better book? Uh, I looked up Bloodwind. You could. You just why not, why not have Darkseid do it? Or why not have Lex Luthor do it? Guys, you or why not it? even have Brainiac do it? Like, are they all dead in continuity? Mysterious aliens just not mysterious. Guys, they're Blood, just Lex Luthor. Bloodwind. <laughs> in costumes. Bloodwind is seriously convoluted. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's he's a descendant of African American slaves. Uh oh. Um <laughs> and and the slaves performed an ancient ritual to create a mystical blood drum blood gem that they used to kill their owner, except he became a demon and, and, and inhabited the gem. And the gem gives them uh necromancing powers, ability to speak from the dead and draw power from death energy. Um, but he had sl- sucked the current blood wind into the gym and held him captive and then mind controlled the Martian Manhunter. So technically the blood wind in this book is the Martian Manhunter shapeshifted as blood wind, being uh, mind controlled okay. by a demon who lives inside the gym. Jeez. So convoluted. <laughs> so Martian Can Manhunter was there. someone call Miles from Jay and Miles to just go do give me give us a what right now? I thought X-Men continuity was So bad. this particular version of the of the trade uh, has a Who Was Doomsday article in the back. Yes. The subtitle being Theories Abound, but Answers Are Few. Yeah. That's, this was... <laughs> that's the subtitle to the article. <laughs> in the official book that's released decades later. Best, best line of dialogue, by the way, in the back here is, you, you knew that you could trust Superman. Bruce Wayne. Apparently not, according to every other Batman thing beyond this. He right. never trusts Superman. <laughs> not fully. That's true. Uh, maybe maybe he did that, but he's like, people won't know him. Maybe I can use this death to my advantage to further prove that I'm not Batman. Batman doesn't fully trust Superman, so if I, like I say that. that you can fully trust him, no one will think I'm Batman. Yes. Yes. Well, that might do it, old chum. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Adam West. Uh, I'm, now, I'm now glad I'm, he's dead. I, I have to. I have <laughs> glad, to say that. Glad, glad. As I'm reading uh, this article, uh, it was this is apparently the Lois Lane written article. Yeah. So it's actually from the from the Daily Planet. So uh, answers are few. Uh, means that in their universe, they're looking into it, but they don't know who it is or yeah. why. Also, also later in that same magazine, still missing Clark Kent. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, in this national magazine, we just we're gonna point out this one reporter. Yeah, some random guy. Some as random guy. as everybody, everybody looking at what's happening. That's just standing around watching this bar brawl go on. Apparently, I guess there was like a big. I guess in the nineties here, a big like 
Superman and Guy Gardner hated each other. Yeah. Because they bring that up a lot. Like, even at the very end here, they're like, look, Guy Gardner's touching his casket. It's like, who cares? Who cares? Guy Gardner was a giant G on his body. Apparently, Guy Gardner, with his new power ring, came back to Earth specifically to fight Superman. Because he was. I'm going to fight you. My name's Guy. He, he represented the 90s. It's the 90s. So, okay. He it's the 90s rebelling jacket. against Superman. That's what it is. Yeah, um, that's why they killed him. Exactly. Like, we don't need you, Superman. Um, Dan Dragons did, like, three of the six issues or whatever it All is. All right. Okay. Um, in terms of art and story, um, the I would argue the ones that probably have, like, the most cohesiveness and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So, what else? Is there anything else we want to say bad about this book? Well, I mean, I think what we have to do is take a look at it, as we always do. Take a look at it for the time. And for its time, this is what comics was. And this is what to expect from a superhero book. Um, I I would agree. It is a pivotal point. The the point where Superman... Has Superman died a second time after this? Maybe. I don't think so. With the exception of All-Star. Let's let's put it this way. This was a big deal because you're killing off the the first superhero. You're killing yeah. off the oldest lit comic book character ever. And, 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 and the deal. most iconic. And no yeah. one had dared to do something like that. Like they, as, they as much killed, as we're ripping it apart. They killed like, Supergirl and they killed Gwen Stacy. This was after all the Super uh, Superboy Prime but, stuff, but too. Like, but like Superman. Super, this is, yeah. But like Superman, Batman, those guys are, are like, like Spider-Man. Those guys were always kind of safe. Yeah. Okay. I figured it out. Okay. This was the Peter Griffin giant chicken fight. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty what much. this was. Pretty much, you know. Okay, the, go ahead, go on. They're just fighting for no reason, and yeah. they fight across like state lines and just destroying stuff here and there. You know, just like it just happens and it just yeah. keeps going and going and it doesn't stop. Um, that that's what it is. Is is there some sort of emotional connection or or like no? It's just it, it's just is, it's just that. Okay. Because um, here's but, what I got from that is. Those fights used to go on way too long for me. Yeah. And they were super funny and the payoff was good, but at the same time, it was five minutes way too long in those scenes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And And that's that's, how I felt about this. And that's what I felt about this. I think that was the the main problem here. But like Ryan was saying, we're not looking at one collected, like, this is one story. Um, It was across multiple books. So having kind of skimmed through all of this... I, I would argue, like how we were saying, like, oh, you can't just read Civil War and then ignore the rest and you get the main thing. You're right. But you could read Superman, Man of Steel, and just Superman by itself, those two. So you could whittle this down to four books. Mm-hmm. And one of those books has no Batman. I'm sorry. No, no, uh, like, uh, d- yeah, yeah. Well, they make an appearance in one of them. Um, one of them has nothing about Doomsday versus Superman in it. Um, the very first one. And mm-hmm. then the very last one, you know, where it's all like a, like a Time magazine. Yeah. Um, in the middle two, you have, you know, a bit of Superman and the JLA in it. And then the th- second to last one being just that. And I think that by itself would have been a lot more succinct. You know what I mean? It, it would have gotten to the point and, and had a better pace to it. But yeah, in the middle, it just keeps kind of going, and it's just Superman saying, I can't do it, but I got to do it. Oh, no, I can't, but I have to sort of thing. I think that was kind of their way of being like, if you don't know who Superman is and you don't know what drives him, here you go. 
you know, take two issues yeah. to try to get to know it or whatever. But I think that does it a disservice. I think that out of all the pages that we read, there are literally six pages of good comics, and it's right at the very end. Because like the where like of the actual comic uh-huh. part of it. Well, as far as like the way that like what this was trying to prove, there are six pages at the end of the comic, at the very last issue that we read that. Where, sums where up why dies. this is important. Yes, okay. but in the whole voiceover thing, that probably could have been there throughout a little bit better. Like, kind of sums up why it's important that this is happening and why this is a big deal and all the people this is affecting. Like, that to me was the the heart and soul of this. And the part where it, where it starts off like weary boxers yep. who have gone the distance, the combatants collide in one last explosive effort. Yeah, yeah. That from there forward, I think really. Drives that point home. That's but but like, hey, where were you? I don't know. Six issues ago, like that's my frustration. Is like, if this is what you were going for, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just, and maybe it's something we can learn about comic events that were like planned today, and even like Civil War that we read. We read six issues of that, and then we know that Captain America dies at the end of that. I felt like there was more buildup, and there was more like of a reason and a, and a feel like emotion behind it. This just seemed like. Well, we need to make some money, so kill Superman. And then some one guy's like, well, wait a minute. Like, what are we trying to prove here? Like, what is how is this gonna affect the characters? Huh? Joe, go sit down. <laughs> Superman will be dead. Yeah. And then guess what? We're gonna bring him back. But first, the reign of the Superman. Yeah, but like and, and like <laughs> I and, and I feel like that one guy in the back is like, geez, why did I get in this job? <laughs> like, since, uh, since I care about this character, they yeah. don't care. I feel like in terms of action comics, like in terms of Action, like watching, watching oh, sure. fights. There's a lot of like the, the fights are the fights are well drawn. Yeah, like the 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 comic is well paced and and the fights the fights work. Like this, there you know it's it's classic comics because like these guys knew knew what they were doing when it comes to dudes punching other dudes, uh, you know, or, mm-hmm. or ladies punching dudes or dudes punching trees or you know breaking the necks of of deer, but. Uh, which is the thing that Poor happens. Poor little deer. And that bird that he, he smashes. Laughs. Yeah. I, my favorite part is, is when he when he throws the entire tree through the blue beetles, the little blue beetle machine. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, it. But yeah, I mean, like, it's it's exciting. It's, you know, I can see how it'd be fun to read. It, it definitely makes sense why, like, me at 12 was like, this is, this is incredible. I can understand that for sure. I don't know. I just think as an adult, I'm just like, I can't. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this isn't, this is not comics as literature. Oh, no, no, oh, no. This is barely as art, but yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> uh, by the way, in case, since we're in a learning mood today, uh-huh. let me tell you about the retcon of Doomsday. Okay. Oh, all right. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, so what's, are you going to actually do the Doomsday, Doomsday backstory? Uh, real quick. Okay. Uh, Let's see if you can do it in less than five minutes. Quick okay, and dirty. hold on. It is. I picked out certain passages for this. Uh, originally known as the Ultimate, Doomsday was born in prehistoric times on Krypton. It was a violent, hellish world where only the absolute strongest of creatures could survive. Uh, he was experimented on. He eventually escaped on a transport ship. Uh, eventually came across a Green Lantern named Zaran Pell, who was beaten to death. Uh, grabbed the ring, headed towards Oa, fought a guardian on Oa, who. Ex- like opened a rift in space, sent him to another planet where he fought something. Uh, where he spent three years just kind of ravaging the whole planet, was beaten by somebody called the Radiant, opened up another Terran space, planted on Earth after being shackled and bound, and then he escapes. And thus, here we are. Huh? You don't say. There you go. Okay, that that's how he got there. The ballad 
of of so the ballad of retcons. <laughs> the ballad of retcons. Um, I think to kind of start moving away from from the negative because I do have some like positives and stuff like that. I um, for me, I I would have trimmed it down to four issues and that'd be three Superman slash uh, Men of Steel because they had multiple books there or whatever. Three Superman books and one JLA book. I, I still would have gone with two JLA books because I would want to set up JLA, JLA's involvement and mm. then had Superman join the JLA and then take it from there solo. Yeah. Does that well, make sense? I, yeah. No, I'm just saying like in terms of like length, you could have done that. You probably you know? could have, yeah. Um, the Looking at it from the lens of comics as art, comics as literature, literature um, yeah, it, this doesn't have much of that. I'm not going to lie. I like some of the art that's in here because it's not super photoshoppy. You know, it's yeah. not glossy. And maybe no, that's I mean, why that was 90s comics. Yeah, stuff. exactly. And I, I think that's why I did kind of like some of it. I kind of like the way Doomsday looks in his like prisoner rubber suit thing. Just I, I know it's super minimalistic, but I thought it was kind of kind of cool. I like it better than just like spikes protruding and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there, there's not a whole lot of substance there. I think they could have taken more time rather than writing what Superman's thinking, you know, looking into the impact that he had and, and the reverence that people hold for him, you know, so that way his death carries a lot more weight. I definitely um, see it from the other side of just kind of looking at it as just an action comic book. Mm-hmm. Just from that, I, I think it works really well. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, pages of people fighting and stuff exploding. And from that sense, it's very entertaining. If I were to look into it being like, oh, man, I'm going to get some some really, like, you know, insightful stuff, yeah, I'm going to be disappointed. But if I'm looking for punching and smashing, then this goes the distance. This is... I, I wish I would have gotten more of this in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Yeah, yeah. maybe. The the scene with Doomsday, you know, where he fights Doomsday and stuff, like it felt like just a cop-out version of this, where I would have rather have seen, you know, a lot more of that. And I think that would have made it much, much more entertaining from from the movie going standpoint. Um, but I think, Ryan, what you're saying is we gotta look at the time what it is mm-hmm, and what it's mm-hmm. setting up. Um, yes, this is like, this is the first time they're killing Superman. This is the big one, you know, the, the, the one that, you know, is sacred and you know, will always be there. And the one that people are saying are, is invincible, you know, and that's why I don't like him personally. You know what I mean? And then you're setting up to kill him. So I think, yeah, in that sense, it's kind of hard to just do it in one book, you know? And yeah, of course true. you want to go ahead and say, okay, well we've got, Adventures of Superman, we got action comics, we got Superman, Man of Steel. Uh, you have all these books that he's in. You got to kind of do something in all of those. So when you look at it from that perspective, they did have to try to pull the thread. I just wish they that thread had more substance, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just let's do the same thing in three different books. Yeah. They could have taken it and looked at it from three different perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, I think, where it falls short. Yeah. I, I agree with all those sentences. We think <sighs> I was I, I was expecting a lot more from this. <laughs> I was expecting a lot more build up and I mean like yes, I understand the time and the comics and stuff, but like 
I, I knew it was a 90s book, and so I went into it being like, all right, I know this is what this is going to be. I just didn't think it would be this lacking in content. I figured we would have gotten some crazy long-winded backstory about what Doomsday is and why he's here and why he's fighting Superman. Yeah. I didn't get any of that. I, yeah. I, I didn't understand why he was just trying to... I, I just felt like literally like this could have been any monster. Yeah. There was no... It yeah. wasn't like yeah. Doomsday was specifically... Well, I will give Batman versus Superman this. It feels like at least that movie, in that movie... Like spoilers, Ryan. Sorry, because you know you haven't seen it. It's okay. Spoilers, like Doomsday is created specifically to stop Superman. See, that yeah. makes sense. And this, I, so I got to give that credit yeah. and say that it took at least Batman vs Superman did one thing right, which is take the source material and kind of add a little more of a reason behind it. Because I always thought that like this was something that was like like I don't know a like dark side did or something was put there specifically to stop Superman, not just to be yeah. a killing machine. And the fact that it's just like, well, it's just something. So, that's yeah, it. that's yeah. it. Like, it, it, it's kind of like, eh. so it doesn't give his death any meaning or any, to me, it's just like, we needed to kill him off to do something wacky. And like, because yeah. his comic's getting stale. It's almost <laughs> like they did it as like a, as like a hey, guess what? <gasps> we killed Superman off. Didn't see that one coming. You just thought it was another monster. But now yeah. this is the monster that killed Superman. And I'm yeah. just like, eh. Like, Maybe back then that that was a big deal. Like, oh my gosh, something finally beat Superman. But for me, yeah. it's just like, eh, well, that's there's the no traumatic I'm, tension to it. You know, I, the thing that I try to force myself to look into as a non-Superman fan in general, um, but also is look at back then and like all the people who were well read on all the all the stuff that you know DC's putting out and all that stuff. It, it might have been pretty impactful to them. Um, I did. I did like how they chose to kind of end it in terms of, you know, that like the magazine, ending is, the ending is well done, the, the magazine thing. Like you said, it's kind of like, that's when they started caring. And it, it honestly could very well be that the whole time they're like, you know, what if we did a death of Superman and what if instead of, you know, an actual comic, we just do like a, like a retrospective, like a postmortem in a like time magazine style format. And, it's like, okay, well, how do we get to that point? And that's where it's just fluff until that part. Um, yeah, I guess so. But I, I thought that was I thought that was well done and in some ways was was kind of eerie similar eerily similar to things that we've seen kind of in our lifetime, you know, like the stuff that would come out after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the whole like, you know, this thing, this the unthinkable has happened. Um, and I think that's the weight that it needed to carry and set up. But if you weren't already reading, if you weren't a bleeding Superman fan, that falls short, yeah, you sure. know, and, and that's where they could have set it up better. Well, you can check it out for yourself. If you'd like, uh, check out the death of Superman. It's, it's collected in a trade. It's about six, what? Five, six issues. Something like that. It's eight. It's eight. eight? Did we talk about eight? eight? Yeah. I okay. So. I'm sorry. I keep, I, they all blend together yeah. for me. But you can check it out yourself. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe you see something different in it. Let us know what you think. Send us an email. Send us a tweet. Tell us what you think. Maybe you read this when it came out. And maybe you have like a I different did. perspective. I, yeah. yeah. Like you, you, Ryan did. I know a couple of you listeners have mentioned you've been collecting and reading for a long time. Um, if you're one of those people that got to experience, like, experience this firsthand, like... Give us your thoughts. I'd like to see kind of that impact it had then versus like going back. It's like, oh, this thing happened. Let me read about it. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see how that was. Absolutely. 
So uh, that's going to wrap us up for the first print section of our show. And now we move on to uh, section number three, which is called the Four Color Character Compendium, in which we talk about uh, superheroes, supervillains, uh, comic book characters in general, super teams and organizations like S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and also creators and writers and artists, anybody who's important to comics. Pretty much this is a comics history lesson as well as a comics vocab lesson. So get to spout some cool new knowledge. Like, hey, do you guys know? Uh, which no. you've done for like three other characters so far tonight. <laughs> yes, <laughs> But those characters will like are like the yeah. Bloodwind is never going to come up again. Yeah, maybe. well, unless we do Martian Manhunter, in which case Bloodwind will come up and we'll be like, okay, moving forward. Oh. Bloodwind but, will return. Um, today we're doing nice. we're doing a character that was requested of us um, to do. Uh, he he played a pretty big role in a recent Swamp Thing run and is a is a pretty important character in the DC universe, especially one of the books that we actually read on the show um, that featured that character. Actually, two. If Technically, but anyway, uh, we're talking specifically tonight about the Spectre. So, Ryan, open the great tome of the character compendium. <laughs> I don't know why you're evil about it. Yeah, that was weird. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I Are being... you possessed by the Spectre? Did one of us do evil? Oh. Tell us about the Spectre, Ryan. Sure. Who is the Spectre? What so, does the Spectre um, do? The Spectre was announced in. More Fun Comics number 51 in January 1940. <laughs> Nothing says and, fun like a ghost. <laughs> and made his first appearance in More Fun Comics number 52, February of 1940. Poor guy. I couldn't even get into fun comics. <laughs> he had to get the second banana title. That's More true. Fun. More he was, fun, uh, He was created by Jerry Siegel. Oh, really? Of Siegel and Schuster, the guy. Nope, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, Siegel yeah. and Schuster. Yeah. The guys who created Superman. Yes. Yeah, that guy. That guy who died in the 90s. The guy who died? Yeah, that's him. I think Siegel and... Yeah, No, it's not... It's... I don't know if it is. Um, And then... And Bernard B... uh, Bernard Bailey was the artist. Uh, Some people give um, him credit for creation of the character. Other people say he was just the one who was assigned to the book at the time. Um, But, you know, either way, it's just sort of... uh, He's the guy who was drawing him. Um, so he first, uh, he, when he debuted in 1940, he was a uh, hard boiled cop, Jim Corrigan on the way with his fiance to an engagement party. He's murdered by thugs, thrown into a barrel filled with cement and then thrown into a body of water. Jeez. Wow. His spirit is refused in entry more into fun the afterlife. Comics, huh? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. He's yeah. refused entry the into the afterlife. The devil won't take him. Why? Sends him, sends him back to the earth, uh, to eliminate evil an entity called the voice so apparently it's like gwen stefani and um, <laughs> oh, okay and oh, the guy from adam adam what's his name Levine. Maroon five Here, here's a question yeah okay he dies yeah he's slated to go to hell no i don't know it doesn't say the devil oh oh i thought you, you no nah, i died okay. that was that was me so he was refused entry into the afterlife and he's sent back to fight evil yeah so chances are he wanted to get into heaven, but they're like, ah, not quite good enough yet. You got to go do us some favors. That would make more sense than, yeah. than the devil. He's just supposed to stop evil. And so it's kind of messed up the way he yeah. stops evil. Like uh, he goes and finds the people who killed him and one of them touches him and then turns into a skeleton. Uh, but he, he, that's awesome. He, he creates his costume. He just bonifies them. Yeah. He creates his costume. He breaks up with his fiance and uh, he lives as the hard world cop, and then when he needs to, he turns into the specter and okay. goes and 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 dispatches. So he people. comes back from the dead, and then he goes to his fiance, and he's like, "Listen, toots," <laughs> and he dumps her. Yeah. So that he can be a hard boiled cop that kills people. 
with a death touch. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, and then the Justice awesome. League invite him to join <laughs> the Justice Society of America. Oh man, that's awesome! All right, in All Star Comics, uh, in more fun comics number seventy five in January nineteen forty two. That's all of that's in more fun comics. <laughs> yep, more fun. Eventually, he showed up in uh, All Star Comics in uh, nineteen in nineteen forty four forty five. So he turned into a star. Yeah, uh, one of the stars were. So that's that's like Golden Age Spectre. So that's the Golden Age like origin of him, and that sounds really dark and really gritty for that time period. Yeah, I don't, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Were there other characters that was, were that dark? It was. It, it, there, there was like a balance. Batman had a gun and was shooting people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, there were not qualms about superheroes, just straight murdering dudes. No. Then it the, was a different time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so when he came back in the fifties and sixties, uh, Julie Schwartz, uh, DC editor, come, brought him back, uh, and he was a a undead avenging spirit. Basically, uh, this is this is more of the one that that we're familiar with. Um, but he teamed up with Dr. Midnight. He was okay. just sort of like kind of an angry ghost. Um, okay. pretty much. <laughs> Neil Adams, the angry ghost, <laughs> you know, uh, he Neil, a- he did a lot of stuff. He teamed you. up with Batman and brave and the bold, uh, a couple of times. He was in justice league a little bit. Uh, he, Neil Adams drew him, um, Ooh. in a, in an actual specter series. Uh, Neil Adams drew issues two through five That's and wrote deal. issues four and five. Uh, good old Uncle Neil. He's the uh, real deal. <laughs> so I've heard. Every, every Comic-Con that I like walk by his booth, I always yell, you're the real deal, Neil. And he always looks around like, who said that? <laughs> I Who's that punk? I'm, I'm going crazy. Every I'm lo- time. I'm yeah. losing the my basic, mind. The basic problem with, with the Spectre is that yeah. he's unstoppable. Okay. And he's omnipotent. A ghost. He's a ghost that can kill people. Yep. Uh, and th- when they brought him back in the Bronze Age <laughs> in the 70s. That ghost that can kill. He was, That's he the was, Stan Lee pitch that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> he was you controversial can't. in the 70s. Uh, is. Because of the gru- the gruesome though bloodless violence, uh, because like he's he's like the one character from the forties who yeah. they kept modernizing him, but he kept just killing fools. Oh, okay. <laughs> like nice. he kept just using the death touch. He's like I'm an evil ghost and I you hate everybody and I'm gonna kill them. Touch. You can't see this, but I'm smiling ear to ear right now. <laughs> like um. So. So yeah, he's been brought. F- so the the current, the quote unquote modern version of him, version of him, um, he was he's uh, it's it's sort of he's still kind of the spirit of vengeance, mm. um, but but now he has more of these sort of strange moral qualms. Um, so like <laughs> maybe killing people ain't so, like, so good. <laughs> yeah, like like a woman who kills her abusive husband in her yeah. sleep in his sleep. Should he kill her? Ah, okay. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. So the, the, um, the morally gray line where you're like, well, listen, that guy's obviously so, a piece so, of work. But yeah. And the so big questions in, we're in looking the, for comics to answer. Yeah. yeah seriously. Only comics can tell us what to do. But no but this is will. based on the backstory. Uh, there was a, a writer who wrote him in uh, in the modern age, kind of the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. named John Ostrander, who had been a oh, yeah, theology student. And so then sort of um, sort of wrote him with the idea, like like a bit more like, Sort of actual theology and comic book theology behind him. He made him kind of the wrath of God. Oh, okay. Um, and and you know brought him into the the same realm as sort of Sandman and Lucifer and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, 
and and also said like oh he wasn't the only character who's embodied the wrath of god in the past eclipso mm-hmm. has and and uh different people like that and so now he's sort of like now he's sort of like like this this sort of it makes sense omnipotent unstoppable killing machine who if you've mm-hmm. done wrong he will get you gotcha okay, okay. Uh, and and at one point he was hal jordan that is true what <laughs> well, not he wasn't how like he, no, he and I, Hal I mean, had like kind of fused. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because they they, basically they fusion? said that they said that Jim Jim Corrigan like his soul was finally put to rest. And you then keep and saying then they, Jim Corrigan, but I keep hearing Billy Corrigan. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> the world is a vampire. Jerry. Yeah, it's true. Um, and it needs to be killed <laughs> with my bone touch. Um, here's a, here's a question. That I have that maybe we haven't gotten to. When would Billy right. do this? Would it be tonight? Tonight? Definitely tonight. That no, would have been in 1979. <laughs> hey, if it was if it was up to him, how many like bad people would be left alive? My guess would be zero. That's that's a very good guess. <laughs> All right. Well, no more guess. no more special. Uh, well, not today. I already said today, <laughs> no. so you lost. You, you repeated. Uh, um, Ryan, yeah. maybe you haven't gotten this. So you sure. said he's kind of like indestructible, un- undying. What um, is he? In fact, that it does is he vulnerable to anything? Is there something that he is weak against? You know, Superman we know like is is pretty invincible, but uh, Krypton, uh, you know, Kryptonite uh, stuff from Krypton, and you have magic, you know. But like, what was the deal with the Spectre? Uh, so his his weaknesses are divine limitations. Uh, so basically, so God, God says no. God says no. Uh, divine law. God says, As, "Oh, I, I wrote down earlier that you can't you do can't that." Do it. I forgot, um, about it, but and, I wrote it down. And then um, his power is great, but not limitless. <laughs> Chewie. So one yeah. of his weaknesses. The so paper. he can he can he can run out of magic like Superman yeah, yeah. did. Run out of muscles, uh, and then <laughs> sufficiently powerful magic. <laughs> okay. So okay, divine limitation. I don't view it as like. God says no. That's divine law. Divine uh, limitation, I would say, is something that like something that is divine can't do. Like maybe like affect a timeline or something like that. Uh, the way it's the way it's put us here is 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 that the voice, as they call it, uh, impose limits on him, like tying him to a to a human to a mortal host. Okay, so it's not like oh, well, you can't just all of a sudden you know destroy everybody that's bad in the world because you're one body. You're right. So the, the like basically. You have some mortal limitations in the sense that you're like, yeah, one yeah. stagnant person. But he's been tricked and stuff before. Like yeah. he's still he's still human, kind of. Okay, he still has some human characteristics. Uh, characteristics, so he's susceptible to that sort of stuff. But he's also sort of not. He's not like a traditional superhero in the sense of like, you know, we need to go stop this bad guy or yeah. save the earth. Like if it was, if it was like the justice the justice society needs to save the earth from an asteroid coming in. He'd be all, well, that asteroid hasn't committed any crimes. So yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> okay. Well, it kind of sounds like then in that, in that sense, similar to like preacher. Yeah. And, and even like Constantine, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, where it's, yeah, it's about right and wrong. It's not about yeah. like danger or not danger. Yeah. So like a space danger. Space. <laughs> Space, Space danger. danger. Space so, danger is my new superhero. As far as like oh, stuff, so as far good. as as far as stuff I've seen, have you, have you guys ever seen or read anything with the Spectre? I know Alan probably has, but with the Hal Jordan yeah. Spectre, yeah. Didn't, 
Didn't we watch that like um, DC animated short that one time? So there's two things I can think of off the top of my head that, I, that I've seen the Spectre. Number one, there was a DC animated short of it on like one of those shorts like collections. It's pretty good, um, but it's more it's almost set like a 1970s exploitation detective movie. Um, it's pretty good. It does a pretty good job of kind of like just giving you a brief explanation of who the spirit is and why he does what he does. The other thing that we've all read that I'm surprised we're not bringing up. Kingdom Come featured the spirit pretty prominently. Actually, what I was going to bring up. Hey, there it is. Alan's on my same wavelength. Yeah, because he's in the very. He's kind of the whole kickoff for Kingdom Come. He's He's, like the narrator for the whole thing. Well, with the exception of the old man that's that he's like talking to. The Spectre is yeah, yeah, the narrator. Like the judge trying to figure out whose fault is it that the Earth got destroyed. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's also he's in Blackest Night. He was a Black Lantern. Sort of. Uh, That's what it says here. Alan, explain in this article. I mean, uh, oh gosh! Quickly, really five seconds. Uh, <laughs> Four, three, two. Black Lantern Core is Done. a core that <laughs> can revive the dead, and or anybody who's ever been dead at least once can become a Black Lantern, and they okay. have necrotic powers. Okay. So to have a spirit of vengeance that can also raise the dead and or kill people more so with yeah. his bone touch. <laughs> yeah, I guess bone touch is ready. <laughs> um. <laughs> Ryan, here's a question. Sure. Looks to ride the bone train. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm looking at I'm looking at you, Ryan, as you're telling us about the Spectre. And I'm looking at you, Ian, also. Both of you seem to be a little bit like, oh, this guy, the Spectre. This no. Clown. What don't you like about Who the Spectre? Who is this clown? It's not that I don't like anything about the Spectre. Not the and and he's, not, he's not a bad character, but he's, he's kind of more of that on that ethereal Sandman style plane. And like... It's I don't like know. he doesn't have a place in like a in a sort of reality based universe. Yeah, and yeah, well, it's, and it, it's not even just that, but like I, I feel like that's an area of DC that I've not explored. Kind of like mm-hmm. Cosmic Marvel. I haven't okay. explored Cosmic Marvel as much. And so when you're telling me like, well, what's some good stuff? I'm like, it's not an area I'm as familiar with. And like the whole like dream realm, dreamscape, like yeah. after like life stuff, I haven't really explored that too much in the in the DC universe. So it's not something I'm as familiar with. So it's it's not something I could have like a lot of expertise on, and that's kind of why I'm just kind of like, okay, like tell me more, but I'm not like super knowledgeable on it. He's mm-hmm. he's one of those characters who is like supremely ultra powerful, yeah. uh-huh. but most of the time he's just kind of like, well, I'm gonna stay out of it. Uh huh. You know, okay. like like that's there there are especially because DC deals with so much of the history of comic books and they've, and they've sort of amalgamated so many different superheroes from, from all over the place. And from a long time ago, like he's one of several characters who like in any given story, like, Oh, all this stuff's happening on earth. And it's like, well, we're chilling on the moon. Mm-hmm. Like we could not care less. Wait, wasn't yeah. he? Okay. He was in a book that we read where he was hanging out with. Yeah, he was hanging out with like Doctor Fate. Yeah, and they were like not even on this plane of existence. And and, and they're sort of like, oh well, the time for us is past. Moon. It was on. It's that's uh, that is New Frontier. So it, yeah, so, so they're just sort of like it's like his apathy. Yeah. That that's kind of like a bum out. Yeah, well, I think like at some point it's his in, human disconnect. That's a at bum some out. point in in, okay. in more modern uh, comics, Spectre is kind of like, well, everybody's guilty. Yeah, and then he's like, this is stupid, and leaves. Yeah, and and then it's it's like you, you know, have like Doctor Manhattan up. syndrome. Yeah, he basically ah, okay. uh, yeah he definitely has Doctor Manhattan I, um, syndrome. That's the perfect way to put so it. If you think about it though, if he's the wrath of God, 
You know, it would kind of, I'm not saying it's entertaining, but it would make sense for him to kind of take a step back because it's like the whole thing, like with the, uh, I, I referenced Futurama a lot, where yeah. like Bender becomes God to his own little yeah, yeah, yeah. like thing. And, and he talks to that like binary, like spiritual cloud that that is like God. And he's like, you know, well, you know, I try to help. And then things get worse. And if I don't do anything, they kill each other. And like I, I don't know. And he's like, if you're doing things right, they won't be sure you've done anything at all. Yeah. And it's that whole like light feather touch sort of thing. And I see what you guys are talking about when you said like Doctor Manhattan syndrome. I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. And I think that is what makes him a really interesting character mm-hmm. to try to write for oh yeah absolutely. because how do you write him in a way where he's relevant where he where he's not just another version of that and how do you where make it so he can't just click his fingers and make everything okay yeah and how yeah. do you also make it so the reader can like connect to him yeah that's and and to your further point like if the correct way to handle omnipotence and 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 godliness in, in some aspects is to give them a light touch and let events play out and the specter is the exact opposite of that. Oh, okay. He's literally He's interacting literally with the world. He exists and, to kill people who've done bad things. Uh, yeah. Okay. And so, I need to read more of the specter. Then. How do you create a character that is on that level that should be doing that feather touch, but he was created for the exact opposite? Yeah. Like you have Ghost Rider, who's essentially oh. the same thing. Yeah, but he's ground level. He's got he's got boots on, and he's yeah, like, he's, he's way less he powerful. Does. His power is yeah, fire, fire chains. chains. Like, but but I mean, he doesn't have the he has the same drive and the and the same yeah. character core. But he doesn't have the omnipotence. You know, he doesn't have the the ghostly uh, figure to go along with it. Yeah. So I think when comparing, whenever I try to tell people about the Spectre, I always tell them it's like, well, imagine like the Ghost Rider mixed with an angel, essentially, and then you just cram the two together, and it's that's kind of what you get. So yep. it, it's difficult for lots of literary reasons to write a character, yeah, like that. That's yeah. That's it, I think it's it's fun to think about that because it's just like an internal debate, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like debate because I'm weird. So. You are. <laughs> so but we like you, Chewy. Oh, thanks. Oh, shucks. Um, So in terms of his story, so I obviously need to read more Spectre. We all Um, do, I think. I think (laughs) we all probably do. We talked about, we saw him in New Frontier. Um, We saw him in Kingdom Come. Well, not New Frontier. No, we saw him in They were saying that we saw him. He's in New Frontier very briefly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Um, a lot of people are in there very briefly. (laughs) And then, um, you know, also in that that short, what was the the short called? Because it was really I think it's just called The Spectre, but I know it's part of like the Shazam Superman. Like, uh, they they had like a collection because there's also a Green Arrow one and a couple other cool ones. Do you know what that collection is called? I just remember it was Superman and Shazam. That's the big like feature in it. And then they have a bunch of other little shorts in there um but i'm sure you can find it if you look online i think it's part of that so if you find that superman shazam if you're looking like on blu-ray or something you can probably find it pretty easily um and it's like superman shazam and black adam all getting a fight <laughs> it's pretty great and then you mentioned he was also a black lantern he was in blackest night mm-hmm. right yeah kind of okay so yeah, he was in blackest night uh he was in the new 52 in the phantom stranger book uh-huh. okay uh so that's a good place he was like it's almost like a buddy book after a while with him and and the Spectre is my mm. understanding. Okay. Uh, they they can't stand each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're they got to get along. Okay. All right. Yeah. Buddy cop. Yeah. But not cops. 
Um, so yeah, well, that is the four color character compendium, uh, and that is the specter. Um, we have one more section of our show, the final section, back matter, in which we talk about uh, all things comic book. Uh, we talk about uh, new books we're reading. We talk about movies. We talk about TV shows. And we talk about um, all, also read things from our four color mailbag. Anything you guys have sent us. Uh, it's kind of just like the end of a real comic book. It's kind of our letters and forum section. So. Does anybody have any cool stuff that's been going on? Last time we mentioned we're going to talk this time about Suicide Squad and and stuff like that and doing different stuff. We're going to do that next time just for scheduling reasons that worked out differently. So next time we'll talk about the Suicide Squad movie and talk about like Harley. Just think of it as an increased spoiler buffer. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So go go watch it if you haven't watched it in case you're worried about uh, having it spoiled for you. Yes. Um, guys, I saw this thing um, that it, it's not like it's happening now or anything like that, but it, it got me excited and bummed me out. I saw there was this um, concept art that I guess uh, Gennady Tartovsky mm-hmm. uh, did for an unproduced Superman short. Ooh. Have you guys seen some of no. the uh, concept art. No. Negative. So no. in 2011, Samurai Jack creator Gennady Tartovsky was producing an animated Superman short film as part of the DC Nation series. Uh, oh, I remember that thing. The that project never got off the ground, but uh, now artist Scott Wills has released concept art for the project. Gennady Tartovsky, production designer uh, Justin Thompson, and I were very excited to do our take on an animated Superman. Willis wrote to him uh, on his personal blog, but unfortunately, it was pulled from us just as we were starting. So um, just some of these stills, man, are like... Show them to me. What? Hey, speaking of Gennady Tartovsky. Tartakovsky. Tartakovsky. Unfortunate. Uh, he's yeah. got a Luke Cage miniseries coming out. Ooh. Does he really? Oh, yeah, yeah he does. It's, huh? it's kind of actually really weird because he like wrote and drew it in like 2007. And then nothing happened with it, and Marvel just sat on it. Mm. And then recently they were like, "Huh, yeah, Luke Cage, let's uh, let's put that out." So it's coming out, I think, this fall. That's that's pretty. Looking it looks like it the, looks like crazy. Look uh, anything Gendy wants to do, uh, I will throw my money at. Yeah, immediately. like uh, like like um, with the exception Hotel of Hotel Transylvania, Transylvania too. That that was my it's one on exception. Netflix. We've watched it a couple of times. Maybe I'll watch it. Is it good? I heard those movies actually aren't that bad. Aren't that bad is a good description. But I mean, they're not like awful. But they actually have. I heard they have. Some I heard funny they did jokes. well in theaters. Sure, you know, it's it's uh, it's not doing as well as Kubo and the Two Strings. No, that looks what incredible. I to see, but it's not doing very well either. Um, hey, Prez is coming back. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, so um, so the miniseries Prez uh, that I really liked, maybe like five or six other people really thought was good. Um, <laughs> it's uh, there's a six issue miniseries. There's rumors that. With the new, new whatever DC is doing, that it was going to come back. Turns out, no. Uh, but they are doing a Catwoman election night special uh, coming out in November, and it's going to have a twelve-page backup story about Prez with the the same writer and artist team as Prez. Uh, also, further, the guy who wrote Prez is now writing Flintstones. Oh, uh, <laughs> I heard a no little comment. bit about. I heard a little bit about Flintstones. I didn't even know that was a series until and, this week. Uh, yeah, it sounds like something I don't really want to read. Um, hey, did you guys know there's there's a new Tick 
and it a show and yeah, it already yeah. debuted yeah. and stuff and mm-hmm. it, there it is it exists it's on uh, it's, it's on, on Amazon Amazon, right? Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and and the tick is being played by Peter Serafinowicz who yep. is the annoyed member of the Nova Corps in Guardians of the Galaxy yep. he is the annoyed roommate in uh Shaun Spaced. of the Dead it's eight he's also in the funky morning yeah he's He's really funny. Yeah. He he's actually like very, very funny. Uh, there's a video of him doing all of the Beatles and he can do the impressions with enough precision that you can tell which of the Beatles he's doing. Nice. Uh, nice. He's a funny guy. So for he's anybody- also he's also the guy who did the those BBC shorts Look Around You. Yes. Which I are, love those. Like, are so funny. Like fake educational things. Mm-hmm. That's him. I haven't seen those. Hey, you should watch them because they're ridiculous. Guys, and I know we were all worried. Today on Look Around You. Maths. I I know, I know we're all worried about oh, this. Oh wait. So I just You've seen Look Around You before. I watched it. Okay. Okay. Um, Wait, is that the one where it's like a, a guide to England? Yeah. And then he talks about like the the scorpion fighting or something? No, no, like no. That. This is different than that. Oh, These okay. are like, they're almost like fake, like edu- like like a fake PBS program. Ah, okay. We've, okay. we've watched them together. I know I've watched a few with you. There's one about like a videotape and like a videotape cassette. I'll, I'll, I'll look okay. it up with you. Google it. Guys, I know we're all worried, so I just want to put our minds at ease. Mm-hmm. Okay. Michael Pena is confirmed to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp. Thank God. <laughs> I know we were all worried about that, but we will it probably... It was get... one of the funniest parts of that movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Michael absolutely. Pena. The brown guy, Alan. <laughs> Alan. The one who had long-winded funny. stories about how he heard things. So, so I so I'm said... At this, uh, so I'm at this wine tasting because it's mostly reds, and you know me, I like rosé, so I got to get there. And according to <laughs> Mr. Vin Diesel himself, Mr. Dominic Toretto himself... Um, <laughs> Also known as Groot himself, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to appear in Avengers: Infinity War because Vin Diesel says so. Well, and, yeah, and sure, also, why not? And also in Infinity War, the Guardians of the Galaxy are there. So we're yeah, so there. I mean, I mean, it seems like the culmination of. We everything. know it's gonna happen. Um, let's see the Shazam movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently, is that still going? Th- this is a thing that this is a headline, by the way. All right, all right. Shazam movie set in DC Cinematic Universe. Zack Snyder not involved. <laughs> um, I was reading up the a little bit about it. it right? and the Rock's the bad guy. It, it was we- yeah. He's suppo- he's set to Supposedly. pay uh, Black Adam. Um, there's uh, it, it's weird. Some of these like articles that come out about these upcoming DC movies are kind of weird to me. Cause like in one of them, they're like, you know, we're wondering if, if this is going to be set in the DC cinematic universe or if this is going to be set apart from that. And I'm like, why is that a question? Why is that a question? It's like, are they really going to keep committing to this or are they just going to stop? I think that's the real question that's being, that's Uh being asked here is like, has it just, did they give up yet? Yeah. Are they giving up? Are they going to keep trying to fix the sinking ship? I just think, cause it's like, you know, people are like, they don't ask that about, you know, the Marvel film. So I was wondering about that. It's because the Marvel films are super successful and they know people are. Um, and they also make it abundantly clear in those Marvel movies that these things are linked. I think, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I have this like weird suspicion that it has to do on like the the movie studio or or whatever it is with their perception of their target fan bases or their target movie going audience. Mm-hmm. And I have this weird sneaking suspicion that they they just well that they just don't treat it as like the same movie going audience that goes to the Marvel ones. Like, I feel like they're like, Oh, well the people that go to Marvel movies 
view movies in this way. And the people that go to, you know, Warner Brother movies view movies in this way because they, they make this weird point about, well, yeah, it's going to be set in the same universe, but it'll be able to, you know, it, it's, it stands alone and can do its own things. It's not, you know, beholden to that. And I'm like, because they're so, so like themselves. any other, but like any other superhero movie should I do. feel, I feel like they don't trust their audience enough. That's, no. that's what it is. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's weird. It's like, just well, and, trust them. And the other thing, and I said this a lot, but I, I just feel like saying it again because I like hearing myself talk, yes. Uh, but, but the biggest difference <laughs> is that the, the Marvel movies, they are making movies set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They are making different types of movies. They're making, you know, like Tom Clancy political thriller movies or, or high school movies, like high school, like, you know, high school musical John, John Hughes style dramas, you know, comedy dramas like i feel like that's what they're doing even now with with ant-man was a heist movie and 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 it's shaping up that uh and your money is that spider-man is just my money is that is that spider-man is going to be really a high school movie like like people who are currently 15 it'll be targeted for them and those of us who are in our late 20s and 30s are going to be like well this is like a movie for for teenagers yeah and 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 marvel's gonna go yeah 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 you and, know, like Spider Man and, and the teenager, and DC's not willing to do that. Yeah. DC's not; they're not making well, it's movies not. with superheroes. They're making superhero movies. And yeah. and to link my theory, which is the DC is becoming the place where you go for hardcore, you know, comic book readers. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense, especially with the new reboot. Yeah, and and so they're keeping on that brand. But that being said, the only other thing that Marvel doesn't have that DC does is a third party telling them what to do. True. Like yeah. yes, Marvel is owned by D, uh, by Disney, but that Disney doesn't really have a say except for distribution. But I don't understand how uh, DC series, has Warner Brothers. In case you're wondering, how a series like The Fast and the Furious can treat their characters with so much more respect than DC can, because once again, it Warner comes Brothers, down to that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, it it comes down so. to Warner Brothers misunderstanding the fact that they what they're trying to do is is milk an existing fan base. Yeah, we'll talk about Suicide Squad next time and like. The I'm going to mention the open letter to Warner Brothers that was written by a former employee, and how it not only is affect these movies are affecting not only us as the comic book nerd going public, but also the people who work at Warner Brothers because <laughs> they have been affected pretty negatively. One, one word of positivity about DC is. Ian and I just watched uh, four, five, six, and seven of the Fast and Furious movies uh-huh. over at Super Action Bros. We did, and having seen those movies, I am now way more stoked to see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I, I Wonder would Woman say so too. I because think that, like, I thought she was awesome in yeah, Fast and Furious. She's really good. I think that's what most of the carryover came from. Um, uh, to to one more point, um, which I think I have a different view on that you guys may not have is uh, when World of Warcraft was really, really big, right in in the very beginning. Uh, the way that the game was designed was so that if you wanted to get really into the game, you had to know the ins and outs. You had to stand in the place you had to stand. You had to shoot the spell at the exact same time that you needed to shoot it. You need to listen to instructions and you needed to work as a team very precisely to be successful in that game. Since then, mm-hmm. in the last decade or whatever, the game has become, you know, as as most things do, simpler over time so that new players are not all of a sudden hit over the head with like 10 years worth of mechanics to get caught up on. Right. Um, 
However, there's been a very small vocal mi- uh, minority about the fact that the game has become too easy, too dumbed down, too yeah. streamlined. It's not fun anymore. It's not the game that I liked. What did you do to my game, right? Mm-hmm. There have been other games that have come out, other MMO games, from people from Blizzard. Uh-huh. X, X people, they, you see it all the time. This yeah. game was made by developers who used to work at Blizzard, okay. right? Yeah. And those games are like, we're bringing back the hardcore rating. When you want, do you want to play forty man content again? Like, do you want to take thirty nine of your other friends and go do a thing? Yeah, that's where you do this. Okay. Do you want talent trees that take forty five minutes to read and then another hour and a half to plan out? You go here, and everybody, and and you see it all over the place. Except for those games last about three to say uh, three to eight months, yeah. and then either they go away or they become free to play again. Okay, it's just the point is when it comes to DC. Yeah, you know. Do you want to be all up in these comics? Do you want to feel like you have to know? Do you want to have? Do you feel like yeah. you want to test people on your comic book knowledge and feel like you're part of this thing? Remember how comics used to be? Then DC is the place for you. Mm-hmm. And then they get all confused when the open and loving Marvel comes in and says, "Do you want to have fun in comics? Yeah. Do you want to read some cool stories? Come here." And then that's where the disconnect happens. Yeah. So I know it's a little weird, but from coming from another uh viewpoint of a completely different medium that does roughly the same thing yeah it's gonna have the same effect yeah and so that's why i think it's a little weird that nobody else has brought that up well and it's there's different comics different movies different video games for different types of people right it you just need to put everything in context and you can't be like well like you're saying you can't be like well we're making stuff for the hardcore comic book reader who knows canon this and that and that whatever and then be like well how come this person who's never read a comic before didn't like this movie yeah because of who you targeted it for you exactly. didn't make it for that person for that novice for the, for the entry level um speaking of dc and stuff like that and we talked to um, just a, a little bit. I, I guess Hulu is working on a documentary uh, on Bill Finger. Oh, nice. Um, and it's going to be part of a documentary series that they're calling Limelight, um, where it like spotlights different people that in um, like other planned films they have in the Limelight series include the Dana Carvey show, uh, oh, okay. former James Bond actor George Lazenby, oh, yeah. and a defunct magazine Big Brother and iconic artist Shepard Fairey. Um, so I, I think that'd be kind of interesting to see, and being that it's on Hulu, you know, I kind of want to see how they how they do that, you know, yeah. and off of like a big network and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about you guys. I'd be yeah. down. Um, let me see here. Well, is there any other stuff that you guys have? I've been, I wanted to update you guys. Yeah, I started like reading a new comic today Ooh. and I got three issues through it. And it's the one we read on the show. Actually, uh, it was recommended to me by my, my by a buddy of mine, uh, Jacob, who also recommended, recommended, uh, the green arrow book that we read, uh, this time. Uh, he said, you know, you should really give Darth Vader a second look. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, it's really good. And so I've read I've also three, been really good things three about that issues book. of it. And what I will say is the first issue that we read kind of didn't do it justice on, as to where the comic is going. Like it literally is, it is, it is, um, Darth Vader kind of assembling his own warped kind of version of Luke's like pals. Like he has like a girl who's kind of like an Indiana Jones slash Han Solo. She's like a space archaeologist, <laughs> nice. and she she also like takes droids that are broken and fixes them. And like we just met like a C three PO who is a protocol droid, but he also is a tort was trained in torture. Jeez. 
And there's also a R2-D2 type droid, like a little astromech droid that has just like weaponry, like a cut like, that like just opens up out of it. Nice. So it's like literally dark, <laughs> bizarro versions of all the Star Wars characters. And I'm like, this is Kieran Gillen having fun. Silly. And like the end of the last issue, they're going to go to Geonosis and he go, they goes, you know, Geonosis. Geonosis, yeah. for those of you who know, from episode two, Attack of the Clones, which is where, you know, he fought Count Dooku. He got his hand cut off. And, you know, there's that whole thing where he first kisses Padme there. He's like, I love oh, you yeah. and all that stuff. And he's like, do you have any problem going to Geonosis? And he, like, there's a panel of him just silence, and he goes, I have no problem going there. I have like no emotional attachment. Essentially saying, I have no emotional attachment to that place. Like, oh man, Darth Vader's a dark guy. He's crying inside. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I like Wait, to imagine he's not. I like to imagine he's just hardened to it. We'll see, though. He just saw. <sighs> but I've heard really good things no. about it. I'm going to keep keep checking it out. It's pretty good so far. Nice. I like it. So anyway. I, I've been catching up on like Arrow, Flash, and yeah, all that you've been sort saying of stuff. Oh, yeah. That's true. And um, I like it. I like the direction they're taking some of the stuff. Um, I think Flash definitely is a standout, you know, in, in that. Um, with Arrow, I, I felt like they were kind of spinning their wheels a little bit at the beginning of the season. And then they mm. finally kind of found their footing. But um, I was really impressed by, I watched the first two episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. And I, I was I've been really intrigued by that show, if for no other reason that it has a bunch of Doctor Who people on it. Yeah, and and it's also got uh, Brandon Routh, and he's great. Yeah, he's pretty prominent in it and stuff. So um, wait, that, is he Superman? He was at one point. He was also no, no, no. But is he in Legends of Tomorrow? Not as he, Superman. He's the Atom. Ray yeah. Palmer. Oh yeah, I forgot um, he did that. And I think he's really good as as, as the Atom. But, no, I think um, it's good. I'd rather see him as Superman. The no one else would. Something that I, I think is it's becoming just painfully obvious, dude. It's they got they got the people that love the characters and love the comics running the CW shows uh-huh. and, and writing the CW shows, and then they're giving the big budgets and all that stuff to the people that maybe don't have that same heartfelt, mm-hmm. you know, approach mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. some of the comic book characters and stuff. Um, and I'm like, man, just give some of these guys, I feel like some of the stuff that makes this, some of the CW shows a bit cheesy or a bit like tongue in cheek or whatever. It's cause some of the limitations, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of the, like, I would say out of all the cheesy stuff that happens on those shows, all the stuff we were like, eh, it's kind of lame looking or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I would say like the majority of that cheesiness comes down to budgeting in terms of, you know, making sure that that, you know, CG looks right Mm -hmm. or making sure that, you know, they can set up the right type of bad guy or this or that, you know, and then some of it goes to the acting, but all that's like, that's budgetary stuff. You know what I mean? So I, I would be interested. I think it would be awesome to, you know, put those writers at the head of it i thought they did a really good job at setting up the premise for legends of tomorrow the first um like within the first five minutes you're ready to go with the story so and i think for something that says we're gonna assemble this team and do it mm -hmm. they boom 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 and you're in it and what about uh previous knowledge yeah i've been wanting to watch legends of tomorrow but the fact that i haven't watched any of flash and arrow has been keeping me from pulling the trigger on it yeah do you think i could handle it without having watched all those other shows I think you can because they do a decent enough job at like, 
you know, they, they, they do the whole like getting the band together yeah. scene. Okay. And then it's like they have the scenes like, well, like, why am I here? Like, I just do this and this. Well, you're here because this is your skill set. You're here because of this. Oh, nice. And okay. um, in some ways, they do kind of ignore just like, yeah, there's some stuff where you're like, oh, it'd be nice to have watched some of that stuff. I would say um, if you if you really want to get kind of a, you, you know, your feet wet in it or whatever, you can watch some of the, the episodes of those two shows like around the time that Legends of Tomorrow comes out uh, like because okay. they did a good job at like, hey, remember this guy? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, we're going to have an episode with him. Well, oh, why? Who knows? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, and they do a pretty good job at just explaining stuff and, and fleshing out some of these characters that need to be fleshed out a little bit more. And I was really surprised because on, on that team, they have two villains that are part of that team. Uh-huh. And I was like, why Why are these guys here? That doesn't make sense. But they just, they, they did a pretty good job with the character of like why they are there and stuff. So um, it's pretty interesting. And they also had a nice twist because I'm like, okay, like this is where it's going. Okay, that's, and then they did a nice little twist. I was like, did not see that coming. And that makes this show like a lot more interesting mm-hmm. in terms of why it's being done. But I, I'd recommend watch them. Sweet. Um, well, I think that's going to wrap us up for this issue of Four Color Commentary. Before we go, though, we want to give you a preview of the books we're going to be reading next time. Uh, so for First Prince next time, uh, what did we all decide on? I'm, having a, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, we are going to read uh, the New 52 Suicide Squad Volume 1. That is right. So that way we can kind of have an idea of maybe what was the movies were based on. Apparently that's the one that a lot of folks have said that is the closest to what the movie is. And since we're kind of going to be talking a lot about Suicide Squad next time, we yeah. thought, why not get even another view of Harley Quinn that we haven't seen before? So, yes, the first volume of Suicide Squad from the New 52. Subtitled Kicked in the Teeth. There you go. Nice. So that is the first one. That's what we're going to be reading for First Prince next time. Alan, here's my issue next time. What do you got for us? Uh, Hey, you know the my favorite superhero that's not Green Lantern? No. 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 Flash. Chewie's favorite. Spider-Man. No. Iron Man. The, the Spider-Man with swords. Um, oh, Deadpool. Deadpool. Dead. Dead. So dead there was a, there was another superhero. Deadpool book uh, that I was not aware of existed uh-huh. that I heard about recently. Um, but here's the kicker. It involves... The superhero that I hate the most. Oh. oh. So this is called Deadpool versus Gambit, number one. Oh, yeah. You didn't know about this? <laughs> I had no idea this he was a thing. He took it right out from under me. I was like, one of these days I'm going to bring that. Sorry, back. buddy. Uh, but I need another book. <laughs> and this one is Gambit on my mind. more than Batman? Uh, I hate it. Ooh. I hate him Ooh. almost as much as Batman. So you're well, most Deadpool hated Well, Deadpool hasn't Batman. fought Batman. Huh? Yeah. You're hate- well. most hated as Batman. Yeah. Apparently, what from what I know about this book is uh, they team up to do some sort of con, but they're not very good con men, necessarily. Mm. We'll see what happens. All right. Wow. You mean the guy that looks oh, like sorry. a meatball? Doesn't <laughs> blend in? Written by Acker and Blacker. Oh. Um, and then Penciler by uh, Danilo Bayruth. Danilo Bayruth. Acker and hmm. Blacker from the uh, podcast Thrilling Adventure Hour. Yep. Ah. They also wrote uh, some... Uh, They've written some Supernatural and something else, I forget. They've written some other comics too. Interesting. Sweet. What are you reading next um, time, So I'm gonna I'm gonna take an early birthday gift here. Uh, my birthday is tomorrow, and if you're listening to this It was yesterday. Woo! It was yesterday. <laughs> so ha ha. But um I was looking I, I was kind of stuck and I'm looking through some uh, old tweets and I saw a suggestion. I think it was T shape. No, 
It was 10K. 10K suggested that I read a book. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and bring that book. That is my gift. I I don't have to choose. (laughs) It was decided (laughs) for me. Um, I'm going to bring a book. Uh, It's an image book. It's called Sheltered. Um, It is by Ed Brisson and Johnny Christmas. Um, what a great name, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good sheltered. Name. Yeah. Oh, 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 Johnny Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and what it's J O H N N I E. Of course, Johnny it is. Christmas. Even better. Um, and I guess it's a pre-apocalyptic tale of survival at any cost. That's that's what it is. But I've heard he he said that it is definitely it's got Chewy book written all over it. I guess it it's um it, it's a limited series altogether. Like it's like about 12, 13 issues, something like that. So I figure we'll read issue one and kind of see if we like it. And maybe in the future we might read the series. Hmm. All right. Well, in, Sheltered. in my rotation, it is time for a, um, a, a property book. So a, a, a property outside of comics, uh, an adapted property of some sort. And I decided this time I'm going to be kind. I'm going to bring something that we hopefully will all like that I've been wanting to read for a while. And obviously we can't stop talking about it. So forget it. We'll bring it. I'm going to bring... From Oni Press, Rick and Morty, number one. Okay. <laughs> uh, the title of which, part one of The Wubba Lubba Dub Dub of Wall Street. Nice. Uh, this is written by Zach Gorman and art by a Mark Ellerby. Gosh. I figure that might as well do it. It's doing really well over there, and they got a lot of trades and stuff out, and we love the show so much. Let's see how the comic fares out. I so really Rick hope that Morty. our listeners are not I, sick of us making Rick and Morty impressions like already. Probably, <laughs> probably, just a guess, Sheltered and Rick and Morty may not be kid-friendly. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, sheltered on the cover. There's person with blood on them. So, Rick yeah, and Rick and Morty is not um, a kid show. show. Yes. Do you think that book is worth like fifteen rapples? I'd say it's probably <laughs> worth about fifteen and a half rapples. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm I'm, not, I'm just gonna just come clean here. I've watched the first and second season of that show. Like, yeah. just put it on when I go to bed, like over yes. and over again, because I love it so much. It's rewatchable. It's yeah. extremely rewatchable. Totally. Yeah. All right. So good. Rick and Morty number one. Nice. Uh, I am. It is uh, time of my rotation to bring a graphic novel excerpt. Uh, so I'm bringing one from 2005 ish. Uh, it is called The Plain Janes. Okay. Uh, it is written by Cecil Castellucci, who is currently uh, about to start writing the new Gotham Academy book. Oh, and sweet. it is drawn by Jim Rugg. Who uh, the guy who drew Street Angel? Nice, uh, nice. So like I'm gonna Jim bring. Rugg. I have to look at it probably the first twenty or thirty pages of that. The Plain Janes. Sweet, sounds awesome. Nice. Well, guys, that's gonna wrap us up it's finally nice. for this issue of Four Color Commentary. Thank you so much for joining us, and we want to we want to invite you back next time to the only podcast where, in a swirling vortex of flesh, there will be a bone touch, a soft bone touch, just for you. <laughs> I can't. I can't even outro. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, the spirit of vengeance. I'm Alan. <laughs> I am the bringer of bone touch, Chewy. I'm the spirit of my tummy hurts. I'm the I'm a dad. It's past my bedtime. So. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. See you next time. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.